0: Hello, it's me, your MC, David. Welcome to the character and world-building half of our setup for The Watch. We've got drinks at the bar, sandwiches on the table, and of course, section time codes in the show notes. As with the previous setup episode, there will be no mid-roll, so remember to take your own breaks and hydrate and, and all that. We cover a lot of fun ground in this one, so buckle up and enjoy the episode. Next up, we're gonna do our character introductions. And uh, you all have created some really, really cool people uh, that are gonna be inhabiting this world. Uh, and so let's talk about and flesh out them, and then we'll we'll get into some of the other world-building stuff after that. Um Nix, you wanna start? Sure, thank you. So
1: my character's name is Erdo. Uh she is using the Bear playbook and is from Clan Morsh, which is the uh traders. I imagine. In the clan lands, they're not merchants as we think of them in our own medieval history, but more, they often take the pieces that are deemed unusable or hard to use or broken and essentially trade in these things between uses and rehabilitate them, trade them to other folk, and when necessary, trade entirely new things, but that's the core of their work. Um, Her stats are Cunning 0, Luck-1, Training 1, Valor 2, and she's a trans woman with a strong face, very well-worn clothing, and a generally gentle demeanor. For her gear, she has a Shield that bears the emblem of her clan of trees' roots intertwined in a circle between the foundations of a cottage, the roots of crops, the grasses of the plains, and the scrub of the mountain. And her spear's head is rumored to have been forged originally as an assassin's arrowhead. The spear, named Arrow, it is told in legend that it ferociously seeks hearts, and the spearhead will fly off on its own if not lashed. To the haft of the spear with a ferocity matching its own. Her moves are Mama Bear and Tough Old Bear. And taller and broader than she'd like to be, she finds some solace in redirecting her anxieties to service. She wears a patchwork of chainmail and padded leather, much of it salvaged from scraps of other ruined armor in alternating curves and angular lines. She wears her long brown hair in a tight series of braids dangling all the way to her hip.
2: Should we talk about what the moves are, or should we just mention that they are?
0: Uh, I'd love for you to, uh, maybe don't read all of the, like, on a hit, on a miss stuff, but what, what are each of those moves?
1: So, with Mama Bear, Erdo can roll Valor, and if it's a hit, she is there to help with or without explanation, someone that she cares for and is in need. And with Bear, basically, she can rely on her training to lick her wounds or resist great harm
0: rather than luck, which she is very bad luck. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, I know that we talked just a little bit about, since your armor is sort of this patchwork collection of... The the cast offs uh, or damaged armor of, you know, different people who've been part of this great conflict. Um, I th- we we'd sort of talked about beforehand about having you have assembled that from like fallen comrades over time. Absolutely. The great deal of her armor is. The
1: scraps of comrades armor that was not completely ruined in battle, so. One of her squad mates had a spear through the breastplate, but her pauldrons were fine, and so she wears those. And another caught three arrows in her side, but her cape was still good, and so on and so forth. And so I think Erdo, if she were less resilient, she would be a very bitter woman for She's had no shortage of scraps from which to assemble her own pastiche of plate, chain, and leather. So, having seen so many fall despite her best efforts at shielding them, she is in a metastable state at all times of redirecting her own fear and terror and anxiety into... Okay, squad, today's mission is... And living through that and hopefully always knowing that someone else will fall at some point if not her you know maybe someone else won't
0: um does that affect how closely she forms relationships with people she you know works with that she goes to battle with
1: i think it does i feel like she's a little older like probably close to if not in her early 30s i think she recognizes having been in the field long enough that to combat the shadow you cannot absolutely cannot stand alone all the same i feel like she generally holds back a bit from really deeply connecting with people though sometimes she can't help herself and winds up falling on an emotional sword as a result
0: yeah i i sure hope we see some emotional swords in this game (laughs) thirsty emotional sword lesbians (laughs) yes uh i don't i don't want to hurt you all but i do want
3: there to be drama i I want Um, you to like i mean i want you to hurt me so okay
4: I'm Good. ready for pain. Me That's, too. that's what tabletop role playing is all about. Thank you,
1: everyone, around. for your consent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a reason. I peppered as many knives into
0: Erdo's backstory as possible. Good. I will use them. I have <laughs> I have no qualms. Yeah, I really like that. I think Erdo's armor especially is a really great relationship and aesthetic component, which... Yeah. Uh... Really, really cites her history as well. Which, thank you. Which is awesome. Um, I just, I just heard you say something, Dana. Do you want to go next?
3: Oh, I've got. I, I can. I was just uh, acknowledging that that wasn't good <laughs> <her idea. laughs>
2: David plays by teacher roles. Yes, teacher rules. That's, that's totally true. fine. I can do that. Last
0: person I heard gets called on.
3: Um. <laughs> so my character's name is Teddy. T E H uh, T I. Uh, the playbook that I'm using is the Spider. She is a trans woman. Uh, She has a grim face and concealing clothing, and she has a professional-slash-pragmatic demeanor pretty much to a fault. Um, And her gear, so as a symbol of her clan, she has a small spider figurine that's woven out of spider silk. Um, Her sword, which is... uh, I have sword in air quotes because... It's less like a blade that she, you know, grips with her hand or whatever. It is a, uh, concealable retractable blade attached to where her right forearm used to be. So she's missing essentially about the latter, um, half of her, her right forearm. And in its place, uh, she has this, uh, essentially like a metal sort of stub attached to it. Um, like you think of almost like a pirate's hook, except rather than a hook at the end of it. It's, uh a retractable blade that can come out. Is that a a magical
0: operation or a mechanical one?
3: I've viewed it as a mechanical, and I don't think she made it. Um, I think she has gotten used to uh, like repairing it and things like that for purely pragmatic sake. I do think probably what I would envision her doing is getting a lot of... Um, there was probably a primitive version of it that was made at some point that she needed for utilitarian purposes, but she's collected... In her inner she encounters the shadow a lot, she's collected stuff from that and then brought it in. And then been like been to some craftsperson or whatever. Maybe maybe someone from Erdo's clan or whatever, since they repurpose stuff and scavenge it. She's like, hey, can you make something out of this shit for me? Yeah. Uh, her armor is a form-fitting set of clothes that are woven from spider silk. So it's both flexible and fairly inconspicuous, but also very, very durable. So if folks are familiar, you know, spider silk can be Almost as strong as uh, steel when you sort of compare them side by side. So she's got that. Um, her stats are cunning two, luck one, trainings zero, and valor minus one. Uh, she is she is not good with uh, inspiring people. <laughs> she's very <laughs> smart. Um, the moves that I have are mender. The Spider class is, is the healer class of, of the group. And so Mender is uh, when you heal another character's wounds, you roll with Cunning. If they are a PC, they don't have to roll Lick Their Wounds, and on a hit, they recover harm. And there's a few other stipulations that come after that. And then the other move that I picked is Dark Reflections, which is when you let the shadow in or resist the shadow, treat a miss as a 7 to 9 and a 7 to 9 as a 10+. plus which is pretty cool. Oh, wow. That's really good. That's, a, that's great. That. I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to doing a lot of those moves. <laughs> Um And then I think that Oh, yeah. I should talk about the clan. Yes. So the clan that I picked is... I am trying to think of how to pronounce that. I'm going to say that that's Thason. Uh, T-H-A-S-O-N. So we are desert-dwelling equestrians and herders. And the primary animal that we herd is not... Any type of traditional livestock, it's giant uh, spiders, um, it just like an eight-legged horse. Yeah. Well, okay. So <laughs> I really wanted to make them to be horses. <laughs> I really wanted them to be spider riders, but I intentionally steered away from that to avoid having
0: spiders featured too strongly. And <laughs> I appreciate that. for the audience's reference, I, I do have arachnophobia. Yes, I know. That's uh... why I
3: steered away. Um, but we do. Um, we do herd. Uh, these big old spiders, and our primary export is their silk, uh, as you might imagine, which is very, very strong uh, and durable and can be used for all manner of different things, uh, such as Teddy's armor. The other thing um, is that we herd uh, these giant spiders with horses that are bred to be fast, agile, and critically, not afraid of spiders.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) So uh, her outlook is very much... Uh, It was a little bit this way for sure before everything happened with The Shadow, Um, but it's only gotten more so since Uh, she's a little bit older, which is a rarity for a lot of reasons in this world, I imagine. Um, Yeah. And uh, I have... The thing that I love about this playbook and the way the game handles it is that usually healer classes are thought to be, like, gentle and kind and, like, you know, sort of the (laughs) emotional core. She's very much not... The the playbook very much is not built around that. So it's sort of like... I think I described it as Dr. House, but make it fantasy, where she's, like, (laughs) very good at healing people, but she has no bedside manner, like, at all. Like, she views people pretty much as especially when she's operating on them in any way is like, this is a machine that needs to be fixed and you know, I'm going to attempt to fix it. And if it breaks and doesn't fix it at the end, then I'm going to not think about it from an emotional perspective. And I'm just going to move on to the next thing that needs to be done. Um, So yeah, she's very, um, very pragmatic and very much uh, believes that she trusts herself way more than other people to the point where if she thinks that something is the right way to do it she won't necessarily ask someone else or whatever certainly not if she thinks they might interfere or resist um and yeah as she has seen you know as being a healer especially during a traumatic time like this she's seen a lot of people die and the way that she's just coped with that is that it just happens and that you just don't dwell on it for very long so yeah
0: is there anything else i should speak to or no i think that's really good i think that's a great synopsis uh enough foundation for us to get to some of the other questions later uh, who wants to go next?
4: I see Emma looking at me, and I see me looking at Emma. I'll I'll just go. <laughs> <laughs> I will go if you want to think. More. No, it's it's fine. I'm good. Okay. <clears throat> so my character is Pasak, a genderqueer lioness from the Toltho clan. Uh, the Toltho clan being uh farmers and craftsmen, uh, crafts women. You know, crafts people. Craftsful. Crafts- it, it, crafts- craft, Craftsful.
0: Crafts- is, is craft individuals. that It's yeah. Crafts and Vigils.
2: <laughs> Crafts um, craft singles. They do actually. Craft uh,
0: singles.
3: There it is. Yeah, they, they do, do actually use
4: Craftsfolk. Great, 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 great. What does it say about me that I went immediately to Craftsman? Yikes! Anyway. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, roll to resist shadow? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. This, here's the game. Yeah, that
4: seems kind of toxic. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Whew. okay so yeah no um <laughs> i think actually um I, I know emma hasn't introduced her character yet but i think i'm the only person here who's actually using a gender identity for my character that isn't the same as my gender identity because i mean gender queer and non-binary are similar but they are different and i i specifically wanted to go with something that wasn't exactly my gender sure. because i still feel iffy about they them pronouns and wanted to like have a more comfortable like medium to experiment with that So anyway, yeah, genderqueer, lioness, um, which it it feels weird to be a character who's going by they, them, who's, who's a a lioness. But at the same time, lioness is not less gender neutral than lion. Lion is not more gender neutral than lioness. That's true. That's something that I was thinking about when I was thinking about this character. Like when I felt weird about it, it's like, no, wait a minute. Lion is male. Lioness is female. Neither one is more gender neutral than the other. I, I, you know, there's, there's there's this there's this tendency to default that like you know the male version is more gender neutral. Anyway, I've gone on such a uh, tangent. No,
0: we're or. about to we're about to deviate hard here because now <laughs> we need to develop a gender neutral word for lion, right? Uh, for lioness, for oh, no. hmm. <laughs> lion. Leon.
4: <laughs> Leoness. <laughs> Leon. I mean, lioness is fine. Like I, I, <laughs> I've I've gotten over it in my brain. <laughs> All right. Anyway, back to my actual character. Yes. Uh, so uh Pasak has a striking face and colorful clothing. Um I I cannot pick just one of the uh the the demeanor traits they they um suggest. I love arrogant, volatile, charming, and jovial. I think I think they will be all of those things. Um what's next? Gear. The uh the symbol of of my clan, of the Toltho clan. I think was changed from whatever it was before uh, to a stylized... Uh, like I imagine like a like a patch and I'm not just saying that because I'm currently obsessed with uh, patches uh, to iron onto denim jackets but I just <laughs> I think it makes sense I think it makes sense with some of the character stuff we've talked about that hasn't been on mic yet about the relationship between um, the Thson clan and the Toltho clan mm-hmm. um, with uh, spider silk and stuff I think that it makes sense for like a a woven patch to be the symbol of the clan which is a stylized uh, hammer hitting an anvil that's like very like like looks like the anvil is is lots of different colors colors and like like patches of fabric and like bright um, and the hammer being the same just like clearly it's a hammer hitting an anvil because like the clan for reasons that will be detailed later uh has had to go more into blacksmithing and so they've retooled their symbol to be something that's still artsy but uh you know explains the greater role they've had against the shadow and uh the next thing is oh yes uh for for gear Uh, My sword is a piece of art, magnificent and beautiful. Um, I like to think that Pasak forged their own sword, and that it's very fancy and nice. And I think the other one I'll choose is uh, your armor is gleaming and gorgeous. I don't think they made their own armor, but probably got it from someone else in their clan who focused more on armor than weapons. Um, And then, what's next? Uh, Stats. Or should I say
2: more about the clan?
0: Actually, uh, just to circle back real yeah. quick to uh, your armor is gleaming and gorgeous. What style is it?
2: Yeah, I was actually going to ask oh. you to describe the armor more.
0: Like, so, so gleaming and gorgeous. Is it like, do you have like full plate? That's like shiny and ornate, and it's got like the the etched in patterns on on the, the filigree. And stuff. So, oh, yeah,
4: I I don't I don't or, think that it's full plate. I yeah. think that uh, the armor it's probably got a very ornate breastplate that's <laughs> got like all kinds of like crazy metalwork designs in it, yeah. and like and like pauldrons and stuff, and then like. Um very nice uh dyed leather pieces that like flow out from there. And uh, uh pro- probably uh I don't know what you call the pieces that go
1: like on on hips in in armor. I think it's quite literally the skirt.
4: Okay, yeah. yeah. So so like a, a metal skirt with also leather like flowing down. So it looks it looks both very functional and very pretty. Mm-hmm. Um does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, that's really good. Uh it's a combination, right? So yeah. it's it's not uh, metal everything.
4: Yeah, and and I just generally picture Pasak being very androgynous. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I don't I haven't decided what their uh, assigned gender at birth would be, but I don't think it matters. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I
0: don't think that matters in the context of this game. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah.
4: Uh, what's next? Yeah, stats, 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 stats. Um. So uh, luck is kind of the I feel like the beauty stat yep, it <laughs> here is. a little bit. Um, so they have zero to cunning. Uh, They're not particularly smart. No thoughts,
1: <laughs> head empty. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> only thoughts, head empty.
4: Yes, only thoughts. <laughs> oh, my God. Hashtag uh, only thoughts. T-H-O-T t- thoughts. Yeah, check out my only thoughts. <laughs> check out my
2: only thoughts.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my anyway.
4: God. Uh, two to luck, um, negative one to training, and uh, one to valor. I I, uh, I like to imagine that they have not actually been In the field, very long at
1: all. I was just thinking, especially with the armor still looking (laughs) so nice, (laughs) and also with the armor looking so nice, I feel like Erdo has weird feelings around Pisak because, (laughs) on the one hand, ooh, get a piece of that armor. Oh, getting a piece of that armor.
4: Oh, no! (laughs) (laughs) That is mixed, isn't it? Oh my gosh, I hope I don't die but you uh, know too. If,
0: if i do erdo can have some of my. i armor. do like a, that erdo is just a little bit like a magpie like <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> <laughs> she ain't the raven playbook but she yeah she got an eye for the shinies
4: um playbook moves yes 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 okay so uh, i chose the first two for lioness animal magnetism um when i pour on the charm and provoke someone i can treat a miss as a seven to nine um, mm. And and I get an extra thing if I do that with a, a player character, and they get uh, two things instead of whatever they would normally get. So nice. that's that's pretty fun. Um, and then the other one is show off, which is when I blow off steam by trying to impress or entertain someone. I get an extra option, even if I miss.
0: Oh, cool!
1: Very
4: nice. Yeah, so that's fun. I'm, I'm gonna be gonna be quite a show off. I would, I think <laughs> <laughs> uh. it's part of the character. Um. Okay, have I said everything?
0: Uh, you've introduced your moves.
4: Oh yeah, should I talk about my uh, my outlook as a yeah, character? Yeah, yeah, give it. Yeah, okay, so so Pesach, like I said, is, is new to being on the front lines. They have, in their past, been kind of a hedonist, just sort of like going around and doing whatever they want to do, uh, um, just like basically trying to... Meet people, pursue beauty, have fun. And then the shadow came and everything was recontextualized. And I think that deep in their heart, there's still this like very bubbly, very like, oh, I can do whatever I want. I am so flirtatious and fun. But like, There's just this atmosphere of darkness around everything, and they're having a really hard time coping with trying to be more serious. And I think that that probably will irritate some people who are, you know, more jaded, uh not not to like not like actually jaded since you know we're <laughs> at the beginning of this, but oh like jaded as the you know what I mean.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Backstory jaded, not jaded track jaded.
4: Right. Thank thank you for translating my mumblings. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh but yeah, no, they are uh they're more into the idea of fun. Than really anything else, I, I imagine them having this backstory of having um, had many lovers in the past, and most, if not all of them, having been taken by the shadow in the early days. Um, and now they're like, "Oh God, wait, what does that say something about me?" Uh, <laughs> 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 well, and and now they're basically on the front lines. Like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to try and make a difference
0: somehow. <laughs> Well, and I like the thought because uh, in in how we're going to be playing this. Uh, so according to the watch, you know, straight from the book's mouth, the game usually starts around four months into the conflict. Right. And I think we're going to be more in the 10 to 12 month range. Uh, and I like the idea that if you're so new to the to the front lines to like the watch specifically, um, I like the idea then that uh, pasok they you mentioned that, you know, their their clan ended up doing a lot of blacksmithing right uh, in order to presumably make weapons and stuff for the conflict right uh, and that Passok was involved in that for a long time yes and as the conflict has dragged on more bodies are needed in the watch and right uh, their their services were more needed there than than on those on that part of the front mm-hmm. um, so I like that yeah that no that totally makes sense how that transition occurred love it um so uh, that brings us around to you Emma for for your character, tell us uh, tell us about her.
2: Yes, also a high luck character. Ooh. Uh my character's name is Fee. She is a fox. That's her playbook. She uh, she is a cisgender woman with I think we I think I decided on unsettling face mm-hmm. uh, and natural clothing. And I also couldn't pick just one, so I went with uh, distracted and mysterious for her <laughs> her demeanor. So as far as a symbol for her clan, I think I decided so uh, her clan is the Malthus clan. It's the mountain folk and they're described as like rugged mountaineers, which translates in my mind to like very survivalist focused. And so I decided that their symbol should be like fire, because if you're just trying to survive, like fire is very important to that. I think probably the most organized thing about their clan is their religious beliefs. They have uh, a lot of like very strong religious ties to nature and the natural world and the spirit world and the ways in which those kind of go together. And uh, foxes are pretty sacred to the Malthus clan. The way that that plays out is in having... Higher ups in sort of the religious order, who have become one with the fox, is how they they talk about it. Fee was originally chosen to be one of these, and that starts at birth uh, with some body modification that they do in order to make your face more fox-like. And so, uh, when she's when she was born, they—I uh, don't know exactly how. We want to play it, but essentially, like her nose was shaped so that it was a little bit more more turned like a fox's like pushed up at the end mm. uh, and her ears were uh were like pointed at the ends, and that was done over time and uh had she continued down that route, she would have ended up with uh whisker tattoos oh uh, cool. on her cheeks
3: Ooh, fancy
2: but she actually didn't end up doing that because part of that when when you're chosen you are also given a like a fox kit that is raised next to you that you like grow up with in a very like oh kid and dog sort of way um and like that that bond is very important uh and then in sort of coming of age and like coming into the what would be kind of a confirmation i guess of it they uh they sacrifice the fox in a ceremony that then like is supposed to bond the fox's spirit with the the human spirit she was not about that and (laughs) couldn't kill her fox Uh, and so that actually lost her family quite a bit of status because it was a pretty important thing to be chosen as uh, mm. as a leader in this religious order. But she didn't want to kill her fox. So she still has a lot of that that tie to the spirit world and all of that. But she's ex-Acolyte, basically. Um, I love that. That goes into the first couple of pieces of, uh, of the gear, which are talking about a symbol of your clan and a token mark or scar that shows the price you paid to speak with the spirits. The other gear, uh, she has a spear that is adorned with a bunch of trinkets and ottomans. Uh I like to imagine that they are things that she has made or picked up as she's sort of wandered through the mountains. Little wooden beads that she's carved, that sort of thing. And her armor is, they say, enameled with sigils and runes. I kind of imagine she has more like leather armor, so I'm thinking more it's like tooled in, maybe painted. Lots of lots of swirly lines, if you like. Probably. Um, she has uh, one cunning, two luck, minus one training, and zero valor. So this is going to be fun. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, that's fun.
2: And then the two uh, the moves that I chose. One is uh, read the bones, so she can uh, divine someone's fortune by rolling bones and they are fox bones and they are actually the bones of the fox that she was raised with who has since died of old age mm. cuz foxes only live like 14 years and that's if they're like taken care of in captivity um we looked it up oh. <laughs> research <laughs> yeah uh and uh they get a plus 1 if that goes well whoever you're divining for there's another one called ward against evil so if I watch people's backs on a mission, I roll with luck instead of training, which is good because I don't have very good training.
0: It's true. We've got a couple of people with fairly low training.
2: <laughs> uh, of course, Ooh. I imagine that she is early 20s, late teens, somewhere in there. Uh, so. I think also fairly new to the the watch. She has spent a lot of time more on her own, sort of surviving in the mountains and she's really glad to like be in the company of people again because like she does enjoy that and i think it's been a little bit lonely for a while uh but that's also like definitely a transition at this point especially since i think she lost most of her family to the shadow if not all of it um so most of her connections in the world have been have been gone so the watch is kind of her new family
0: i think that uh helps us branch nicely we have a couple of characters uh here that we've just introduced who have not been with the watch very long uh, i'm going to make uh educated guess and say that y'all alls rank probably isn't super high in the watch <laughs> yeah. yeah uh what have what are the two of you considered for that we'll start with Pasek and fee
4: um i don't know either recruit or initiate definitely not higher than that there's a part of me that chafes against the idea of being a recruit because it just feels so lowly.
3: <laughs> I mean that Aww. would kind of work though, right? Like I think she's I know. Yeah.
4: yeah. That does kind of work for Pasak, doesn't it? Yeah.
3: Do
4: you want to be recruits together? I was gonna say. Oh, sure. Yeah, we're both new to the force. Uh-huh.
1: Oh God. Oh my goodness.
3: <laughs> this is not babies. gonna be a cop drama,
1: please. <laughs> Yeah, no, oh. no, no. Pop drum.
2: It's it's not the force. It's the watch. We're That's right. The watch. Right. We don't force people. We watch them. <laughs> <laughs> I love consent here.
1: I'm now imagining that fun emoji combination,
0: which is eye lips eye. <laughs> oh my god. Uh. So okay, uh, we've got a couple of fresh initiates. Uh, or sorry, uh, it's
2: Re- uh, initiate. Yeah, initiate right. is Initial after rec- or is higher than recruit. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, we could also be initiates together. We could recruit says that essentially y- you are kind of in a boot camp, but the boot camp is happening on the front lines with a squadron. Uh, you're, so you're being taught everything very new. Initiate is that you are now trusted as a like a full member of the watch, but you're still very green, and so
0: I I actually like initiate for both of you. Okay,
2: yeah, you're still um, being instead. watched by the the. Uh, higher up members
0: because uh because I think it'll be it'll be best if you t- you you two have both completed like your recruit phase and you've seen some amount of action already because of that but I still imagine they don't like sending recruits to like the front lines front lines is suicide that's right. a desperation like, that's, move yeah and and I don't think while while like the early days of this conflict certainly were desperate times Uh, I think that the watch is more organized than that at this point. I'm definitely thinking phase-wise. So uh, the watch actually has a section at the back of the book that's like talking about the phases of the campaign. uh, If you're doing a full campaign in it, and like the phases of the war, and I think we're actually going to be doing this one shot more in phase two. Phase one is like stop the bleeding uh, of the conflict, like Mm. trying to get get your feet back under you, and phase two is like starting to actually fight back. Um, And so I think that's where we're going to be placed. And I think at that point, the organization is not in a position where they're throwing recruits at the most dangerous hotspots because they need bodies on the line. I think they're sending them to two areas to learn and potentially die still. Uh, But uh, I'm imagining that we're going to be going into some risky behavior for this this one shot, right? And I think it makes more sense if you're already initiates at that point.
2: Makes I sense. also think that makes more sense with a couple of the backstories that we've talked about, with like having lost a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
0: so then, for uh, the two of you, for for Erdo uh, and for how do you pronounce it one more time? Uh, teddy.
3: teddy. It ends up sounding like teddy bear, which I think is ironic because she's very much not that. Yeah, but, I, do, um, I kind of like that. I like that duality. <laughs>
1: teddy and bear okay. oh shit now she's gonna hate that um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i feel like out of respect for teddy erdo tries to keep those quips on the low oh,
2: that's on the down low.
3: probably a very smart idea
2: <laughs> <laughs> i meant to say earlier uh fee is spelled p-h-e-e
1: Oh, yeah, Erdo, E-R-D-O, uh, going for the long pronunciations of the vowels. It'll all be in
0: the comments below. Cool. Anyhow, rank stuff. Yeah, uh, so rank stuff. Uh, so for Erdo and Teddy, uh, you two have been in there longer. Yes. Uh, what were you both thinking as far as rank? I think you mentioned Erdo's about in her
3: near her 30s. I think Teddy is probably almost, if not already, in her 40s. She's pretty old. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think she's, a, if you're cool with this, cause I was looking at what you'd said earlier. Yeah. I don't think she's a corporal because I think, I, I think Warden makes more sense for her because I think that she likes, she wants enough. So I'm just going to read the description for Warden. It says, uh, mm-hmm. a Warden is considered a full member of the watch with all of the rank and responsibilities that come with that. So I think that she wants to get up enough, that she has a degree of latitude and freedom and control, but not so much up that she is responsible to other people to a degree. Like, I just don't think she's interested in that. That makes sense. Teddy's the type of person, like me, who would succeed very well as a bureaucrat. (laughs) She does not necessarily want to be, like,
1: on top of things. Uh Yes. Yeah, that actually kind of matches with what I was thinking, with Erdo being promoted to corporal, I mean, not necessarily because she's a careerist or anything, but more, she just keeps living. And as a result, has picked up more and more of the minutiae of command and maneuver and how to resist the shadow. So, yeah. Uh, I, like, I like the rank spread we're kind of figuring out here. Yeah, I mean, something I'll say for Teddy
3: is that it's not... Her not going up higher isn't necessarily because of any lack of competence. It's it's very much more, mm-hmm. uh, she does not. It's like, you know, if you work at a place and they want you to be manager and you just really don't want to get hooked into it more.
0: Uh, oh, yeah. It's yeah. kind of more that type of vibe. I, I absolutely believe that they've tried to promote you and you just said no. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're mm-hmm. like, nope, I'm happy here. And they're like, but you could, you know, do more to surf. And you're like, nope, I'm happy here.
3: <laughs> and uh, I, but I do think there are points where like if erdo tries to pull rank she's going to chafe against that a little bit if it interferes with what she thinks is a better idea 100
0: percent fair and that's yes. some
1: good seedbed for drama
0: <laughs> did we did we mention that this was a military drama because <laughs> it is uh okay okay that sounds really good to me then uh so we've got a decent rank spread Uh, between everyone and uh, that brings us to our camaraderie between each other we're going to go through some of the ties that bind questions Um, so ties that bind questions are part of playbooks Uh, they are a series of questions which you do not have to use all of but you can answer them with one of the other characters uh, one of the other uh, player characters and if you do that here at character creation then you gain a plus one camaraderie to start with that character Um, so it's a pretty cool way to establish overlapping backstories and, you know, pre-knowledge of each other leading into when you actually start playing the game. Um, actually, let's do this in the same order we introduced characters. Uh, so that'll bring us to Erdo first. So
1: one thing that really is stuck into my head, and I don't know if we want to draw a line or veil around this, especially you and I input on this, I think, Dana. Um, mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know, our characters are trans women, and being trans women, we know transitioning is a big old bag of things yes there is no magic spell unfortunately i would pay unreasonable amounts for one and so i imagine in this world that to a a more magical basis but to a fairly similar degree transitioning is a process not a switch and as a result i'm imagining that like there might be a poultice or powder that is supplied by mystics that, yes. you know. So you're basically saying basically, magical hormone
3: replacement therapy is what I'm getting from. This. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: love that. And I'm imagining that um one of the most common means is this ointment, which is essentially estrogen uh gel, you know. And mm-hmm. I imagine a favor that fee may have done for Erdo is. Perhaps during a, an earlier phase of conflict, routes were severed between the mystics' clan, the uh, Dothas, and the Watch, and HRT supplies were running low. And I love this. with the having some mystical training, being mm-hmm. able to whip up a stopgap until the shadow was pushed back and that line reestablished.
2: Yeah, that makes sense to me. Hell yeah. I was actually going to have most of the higher ups in the order be women uh, and I was going to call them vixens. Uh, <laughs> All right. Female foxes. Uh, so yeah, no, I like that. So I think I think that's definitely a thing that hell, that could be a thing we could tie to uh like talking to the spirit world in general, perhaps.
3: Now a question with these uh ties up mind question, are are we going through and answering all of the ones we want as a character and then stopping or are we going to go around and have each character do like a one and then circle round robin style back to each other?
0: Let's, let's that do... That would be fun. Yeah, let's, let's... I like that. You like Round that? robin. Okay. Yeah, let's, we can round robin it. I was going to say like, will that get confusing for people? And then I'm like, no one's making notes right now listening. <laughs> they're just... Uh, they're just paying attention. Nico, so.
4: what, was the, what was the ties that bind question? Because I think they're different for each. They yes, are. they
0: are.
1: So the ties that bind question for the bear playbook I was thinking of was... Fee
0: did a big favor for me recently.
4: Oh, okay. Uh, okay. cool. Gotcha, I love that. I love how much you expanded
3: on that.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. So then uh, I think next up was Dana. So Dana, what's one of the ties of Mind <sighs> questions that you want to use?
3: Yeah. Um, I think, and this sort of
0: bleeds
3: into... Uh, some of the first day questions, which we'll answer in a bit, but without spoiling too much on that, the one that you gave me, David, was that our clan had suffered the most losses. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, one of the questions that I have here is blank. In this case, Pasak will never understand what our clan has suffered because I think I think out of everyone, Teddy probably likes Pasak the least because <laughs> oh, <man>. they're <laughs> very well, because they're very much they haven't been on the front lines much. They're very much right. into being pretty. They're, they don't seem very <laughs> pragmatic, right? Is that fair? She, yeah, that's absolutely she fair. She very <laughs> much hates anything that is not pragmatic or, like, logical. So I think in her mind, you're just, you know, a pretty, pretty boy, BOI, I guess. Um, that <laughs> uh, it just does, doesn't get it. And I think she's probably expecting you to die pretty soon, and she's fine
0: with that
2: damn oh. <laughs> it's not good when the uh, healer please
0: is roll to let uh is this the shadow uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty then so yeah sorry i am gonna be kind of a jerk so just bear in mind i know y'all have just met me no, this that's is, okay i will try no, to be nice great. above the table to compensate um
0: yeah so then i think we'll we'll probably interpret that as that is a a depth to your relationship even if it's not necessarily a yes because because like, that's not a superficial feeling right yes yeah. yeah that, that mm-hmm. there's there's some depth there so i think we'll camaraderie this is like a really good uh learning for us is like camaraderie can be just an extra layer to that relationship not always wonderful right but if i recall right there's even an
1: example in the book where straight up punching a squad mate Adds a point of com- camaraderie,
0: but <laughs> some fallout, but still. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, then go into Pasak next. Yeah. What's one um, of yours you want to do?
4: So uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to, in fact, respond to that specific yes. one with uh, this one, which is I know that blank, which is Teddy. I know that Teddy will fall to the shadow. It is only a matter of time. Rather yeah. than. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, I love this relationship.
2: Bilateral shade. <laughs> no, I fucking okay,
0: love cool. that. Okay, <laughs> cool. Uh, That's great. That brings us around then to you,
2: Fee. We're going to do another round of this.
0: Uh, we'll go around until everyone's used as many as they'd like. Okay. You can you can do zero or all of them. All right. And knowing this bunch, I'm sort of imagining you guys would probably opt for pretty close to all of them.
3: Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice
0: to have at least one with all of you. And I have five questions listed, so. Yeah, it. It makes sense to me then to answer one for each of you. Right. Yeah, I think... I know on the bear sheet there's
1: one that will not work because she's the only one from Clan Mortho. Yeah. And so X and I are from the same clan, will not function.
2: Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I'm trying to decide which one, Let's pick one is to start. the most interesting. Uh,
0: Save the most interesting one.
2: All right, all right. <laughs> uh, in which case, I think... Oh, I have to choose. Uh, I think... I'm going to say that Pahsuk's clan and mine have never seen eye to eye, Mm. which kind of makes sense, I think, because the, I don't want to get the name wrong, the Malthus clan is very like, very every person for themselves a lot of the time. And I think Pahsuk's clan is less that way for the most part. So on top of like actual shadow related stuff, I think that that's probably a a thing in their past.
0: Yeah, actually I'll, I'll have you uh, add on to that uh gel how would you how would you say that your clan interprets that relationship?
4: Um okay, let me think about this cuz like craftsmen and farmers, right? So much of farming is hard fucking work and you got to work together. So mm-hmm. I feel like even though, even though Pasak was definitely more on the crafting side, you know, everybody's got to help in the field now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, I think that the Toltho clan just in general thinks the rugged individualism of the Malthus clan is just like, what, what, <laughs> what the hell are you guys doing? That doesn't make any sense. You're like, I mean, for, for Pasak personally, they are, are kind of selfish and, and like I said, hedonistic, but. Even they see, you know, you need other people,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: and not to say that Fee doesn't, but like from like a cultural perspective, it's like
2: uh, the yeah. Malthus folks. This don't, is definitely don't get it. more <laughs> about clan than it is about individual, right? Yeah. No, that I like that. Uh, I hadn't realized the farming bit, but that's that's fun because they are farmers, and the Malthus are probably mostly gatherers. Oh yeah, yeah. So a- that's-
1: also, um. Like for craftsfolk, they often rely on enti- on an entire chain of right, trade absolutely and interdependence. Yeah, which is antithetical to rugged individualism.
3: And the weird, yeah. we're the
2: weird ass people in the mountains who sacrifice foxes. <laughs> Your hillbillies, <laughs> <laughs> yes.
3: There's foxes in them, They're hills. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Very much so. Yeah.
3: Uh,
0: that swings us back around to to Nick's for Erdo. What's What yes. other? What's another one you got? So I think actually Erdo. Trying to keep a good pace going because we've yes, lots of these questions.
1: Um, relating to what I just mentioned with regards to interdependence and trade, I think Erdo has opened up a bit to Pasak about her clan's traditions. Uh, with the emblem being, you know, this tree's roots interweaving with the roots of everything and everywhere else. I think that's how the Mor- uh, Morsh clan really sees itself especially with its emphasis on frankly recycling and getting every last scrap of use out of something so i think i wonder how this came up in conversation because I, I I think what's the question um i've opened up to x about my clan's traditions
4: oh yeah no i think i think that's cool because like I mean, uh, uh, Pasak is an artist. And um, I I think that primarily before The Shadow, they worked with um, fiber and and tapestries and stuff, which we'll get into a little bit more and how that relates to Teddy's clan, Um, but then had to transition to, you know, blacksmithing. Uh, Just making use out of old things and making them new, I think is something that the two of us could definitely bond over.
1: That works perfectly because I was thinking that Erdo prior to The Shadow, was one of the traders who would travel in a caravan and her task primarily was like, hey, we've got a few bits of chainmail, we've got a few bits of leather, you know, do what you can with them. Like if at the air quotes worst, make them into little trinkets and toys for children, at the best, we can make a whole something new out of this. Yeah. Also, I think Erdo's just being pulled in, by Pasak's charisma and can't help that.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no. As annoying as Pasak is, they are very charming.
0: <laughs> uh, David, I saw you were. Oh, I just I I definitely you talked earlier about how sometimes for Erdo it's like very unintentional but can't help but but sort of <laughs> connect with people and I feel like that's a great example of of a likely avenue for that for, for her. So. Uh so, so uh, swinging back over to to Dana. What was Yars. one what was the one you wanted to answer?
3: I'm going to preface this with saying you could stop me at any point, David, because this does involve my clan's secrets, rights, which does inherently involve spiders. Oh, that's fine. Okay. So do you want to so, hear uh, what my clan's secret rights are? Yes. Tell me. Tell me about so your secret rights. So we heard, we heard the spiders. I, I've pictured the clan kind of in keeping in line, like her personality is maybe an extreme of this, but I view the clan as very Spartan in their whole sort of mm-hmm. belief system, like very much yeah. value and strength. And if you were not strong enough, to, if you die and either you did your duty or you just weren't strong enough to survive and either way it's you know it's you died that's fine um so uh they heard the spiders in the desert uh when you come of age in this society and by that i mean like 14 probably not very old yeah there is a ceremony so there's a pit of spiders you get tossed into the pit of spiders either you come out or you don't
0: oh God, that's wow awful. that's <laughs> well for, let me just put out there i'm dead uh, it's, it, yes. I plan, I'm dead um, uh, it's not even the spiders won't even get me they'll just like bring me close I'll take a peek and like oh and they're like oh he went la- he's slack what, what happened and I'll be gone David's it's heart a, stops it's gone
3: <laughs> yeah so what I'm thinking for that is it's blank would never approve of my clan's secret rights and I I think that Fee makes sense for that because there is this whole like, oh, you're supposed to be nice to your sacred Patronus thing, Mm. and this is like, no, you get tossed in, and either you kill the spiders or you. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's what I was thinking.
2: I absolutely believe that because of who Fee is as a person, uh, Teddy would feel that way. When actually, like, if we were to open up to each other a little bit more, I think we would bond a lot because, like we consider them sacred, but we also kill them.
3: Yeah, okay, so, I, like, I like that. And that's something I like about these questions, is it's really, they're not truths so much as they are truths that a character believes at the start. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah mm-hmm. exactly. Absolutely. Okay. So okay. add that camaraderie. Uh, let's swing over to Gel uh, with Pasek.
4: Yes. Okay, so I have one here that I think is really interesting. Blank and I are related by marriage. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and, and, and I think that's really cool and I'm trying to think who that would make the most sense like and I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards Fee that like I don't know uh, uh, maybe at some point you know uh, during the shadow whatever thing that one of my family members you know married into one of your family members and you know what I think would maybe be kind of interesting is if they're both dead now oh for sure um, but
2: like Fee has three brothers
0: FIFO and FUM <laughs>
2: You absolute <laughs> rascal.
0: Yeah. As soon as Emma told me her character's name, I was like, does she have three brothers, Fifo and Fum? And it took some convincing f- for her to let me make that canon.
3: It's a really good goof. I don't so blame, blame I don't blame right her, right her for having that take. some convincing.
1: It's pretty reasonable. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm I'm on both y'all's sides. Here. <laughs> yes. Uh on the one hand, awesome. On the other hand, how dare you. Exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm over here, like, no, it's brilliant. We have to include it, but god damn it.
4: Okay, no, I love that. I, I hadn't thought about any of Pasak's siblings, um, but I, I think that if they did have any, like, I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say that they had uh, an older brother. Okay, okay, and uh, and uh, that the, they were estranged from. Um, and I, I just realized that you have three brothers, and I just said that Pasak has a brother, so well, I guess, that's I, guess fine. I guess, my yeah. brother and one of your brothers they got gay married. It's they fine. got gay married, which is just married.
2: <laughs> <Fact>. <laughs> truth precisely oh stop that <laughs> uh do you think that they lived in your clan or my clan or
4: um um that's a that's a fun question
0: uh actually uh i'll, I'll intervene here a little bit yeah i, I know that uh, Emma and i when we were spitballing some stuff for the mothos clan um a while ago when we were first having read the watch and we're talking about it some uh, we talked about, like, since they're sort of mountaineering folk and they have this really individualist uh, attitude, I imagine their population is not huge. Mm. And in order to to boost their numbers over time, I like uh, Emma Emma talked about that they sort of scout people from other clans to then bring into their clan. OK, perfect. Um, So be- because like they just don't grow enough of them themselves, so to speak. <laughs> And so they find people who are like-minded individuals who want to live in the mountains and fuck off from everyone else. Yeah. This is Tony totally right, Hillbillies, so... and I love it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know. So, Jell, uh, you get to pick. Was it fi Well, Was,
4: was it, was it fi Fo or, or Fum? fum. Your fum. Was it fi or Fum? fi or Fum. I think my brother, I've decided his name is Loma, and Loma got married to Fum. Okay. Excellent. Loma and Fum. I'm Loma, right down. Loma
0: ex-Fum, the best <laughs> the best pairing.
4: Except now they're both dead because well, of the shadow. You know.
0: <laughs> Dead or dead oh
2: yeah should they all start with pH should oh it be yeah p5 <laughs> Bo <and Bob>? absolutely
0: <laughs> or I actually because this could be a wonderful set of knives for me at the very least you believe them to be dead
4: yeah. sure Fair yeah enough yeah uh
0: if that weren't a knife hanging overhead I'd be surprised
4: <laughs> <laughs> one way or another
2: they were taken by the shadow right
4: yeah. and I, David I feel like I should give you a list of names for my ex'es too that
1: you you can oh. use as knives if you would like <laughs> I would love that. Do we that. have to fight your seven
0: evil exes? <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, gosh! Do not do not tempt me to make this Scott Pilgrim. Uh, I actually haven't seen that film. Scott and I'm Pilgrim a lot versus of the Shadow. That. Yes.
2: We really should watch Scott Pilgrim.
0: Yeah, I know. It's
2: oh a
4: God. fun film. I don't know. I re-watched it in the last year or so and it's so trash. It's so problematic. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean,
1: Scott Pilgrim is a fuckboy.
4: I mean, it's it's like it's a really fun movie. Yeah. It's, it's just that it, it like it, it's very like a piece of trash,
2: uh, toxic masculinity apologist yes. garbage. I love you all. We can't do that. <laughs> I have to stay on topic. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm not just saying that because I think I'm up next. Uh,
0: <laughs> but maybe a little.
2: <laughs> uh, we do need
0: to keep moving, though.
2: Yes. I think it would probably be. I think it makes most sense. I nearly died and Erdo sat by my side until I recovered.
0: She
1: very much cares for those in her squad. So I think that makes perfect
0: sense. Okay. Um, yes. I, I like the idea that you were treated. Yes, uh, yes, By yes. Teddy. Yes, by, by Teddy. But the one who actually stuck around <laughs> to make sure you were okay was Erdo. Like, all
1: right, the right, that's so Yeah.
0: Good luck. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> a pat on the back. Here's right. take two
3: of these and don't call me ever, please.
2: Yep. <laughs> See you in a month. Wear some clean socks,
1: here's some Tylenol. <laughs> okay. Wear some Tylenol, here's... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all right, uh, back, back to Erdo. So that ties into what I was thinking, is I think Erdo's very impressed with uh, Teddy's abilities. Um, being a bear and being as protective as she is, Erdo really values the preservation of life in the face of this consuming force. And it's not something that's super common, the ability to mend and shield others in the way that we both do. So I think there's that mutual, well, okay, you know, obviously you get to decide if it's mutual. Yeah. But Erdo absolutely respects Teddy's abilities on a prof- on a profound professional level. Yes,
3: If
2: nothing else, they're an effective team. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think...
3: Uh, I will say from Teddy's perspective, um, she is she is absolutely good at preserving life. She just doesn't do it primarily because she cares about the person so much as it's like, all right, more people means we got more bodies to throw and we're more likely to survive. But it, but it is still, she's good at her job. That is for sure. Yeah. Right on. And actually, then okay. I can kind of uh, spin that back then yeah. because I was going to pick, uh, I can always count on, in this case, Erdo to keep their head on when there is trouble. And again, it's not necessarily affection but it is like okay if someone is going to be leader this person seems to be competent so i will let them be leader in her head That's good. and it's very much I like, like if she shows that she's not competent then all fucking bets are off but at least it seems so far <laughs> that she is competent
0: hell yeah hell yeah
3: hell yeah
0: hell yeah uh all right sock.
4: Oh yes. Another
0: question. Um, question.
4: Um I think that it would make sense for Erdo to have once saved my life, a debt that I'm eager to repay. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like that. Sure, surely, surely at some point you could have because like because like, you know, I I have a negative one to training. <laughs> I'm new to this. Um I probably did something stupid. I have a zero to cunning. And, you know, you were there to make sure that I lived through it.
1: You know what I think happened? Yeah. I think that having lived. The proverbial handbook of training for so long, Erdo sees how foes arrange themselves in the field. And similar to on Mad Max Fury, Fury Road, she goes, that's bait. And <laughs> I think you were wanting to prove yourself. Oh, and I fell for the sword, bait. <laughs> and you went right for the bait. And Erdo waited in there with Arrow, her spear, which is uh, purposefully confusing because that's fun uh and dragged
0: you out <laughs> uh that's very good i like that yeah. uh brings us over to you fee
2: all right y'all i need your input on this one yeah blank seems frightened of me and with good cause ooh i don't mm. think teddy would be i don't think teddy is frightened Fuck by
4: no. much no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. um but I don't. Uh, I feel like what what was the de- descriptor word you used for your face? Unsettling. Unsettling face. I I think that maybe by first impressions you think that Pasak is afraid of
2: you. I have a uh, I have an idea. Uh huh. Because the one that is that I was going to make my last question probably is uh, I've shared my bed with blank in the past. Oh well. And since you talked <laughs> about
4: how... That uh, is something
2: Pesach would do. That's the thing. <laughs> and since, uh, since you've talked about how most of the people that you've slept with have died, uh-huh. if we have been together in the past and I'm still alive, then it may not be that you're necessarily frightened of me.
4: Oh, but I'm, af- I'm like afraid you're gonna die because, oh shit, people I'm attracted to generally end up dying. <laughs>
0: How I've been sort of interpreting it is uh, l- less that you are somehow responsible for it and more that how does that reflect on you, right? That the people who you've chosen and been with have all fallen either fallen to or fallen by the shadow.
4: right. exactly.
0: Um, and so it's it's like,
4: do I have bad taste? What does that
0: mean about me? Am
4: I yeah. <laughs> like am I so flawed? You know?
0: And so now that you you have uh, been with fee, Either I think there's a a concern for her well-being. Uh, and then also it's like maybe even doubting I, I think you think that Fee is a pretty good person and a respectable member of the watch, but you also know that the shadow has agents everywhere. Right. And so I think there's like a back part of your mind that is like, okay, but is she actually good? Or is this just another in my long chain mm. of mm of people who are actually bad in one way or another, or or will become that way.
2: Right, yeah. Um, no, I, I I like the drama there. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff to drama, work with there drama. with the drama. you seeming frightened of me. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, I, so uh, we've answered so I guess that answers for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so we'll circle back. Uh Let's do Erdo.
2: Okay,
1: so... I mean, when I think about it, I feel like the... I feel like Erdo has to have defended Teddy from insult. Mm, I'm not entirely sure how that came down, but maybe... I think someone...
3: Could you respect her abilities, right? Yes. I think that there is someone... Probably people think like, oh, like, why the fuck is this, you know, very rude, bad person, you know, still responsible for all of this? And you're like, well, because it's like, yeah, maybe, maybe you're like, yeah, they are a terrible, bad, rude person. I don't know how you perceive them, but like, also they're fucking good at their job, so and they might be responsible yeah. for taking care of you, so maybe don't insult them. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> yes. enough.
1: Yeah, I was thinking something very much along those lines. of Basically, maybe, not necessarily Fee or pasak levied an insult, but I imagine a different crop of recruits or initiates came back from the field, battered up, and you were an absolute machine in and a bitch them at the same time go over to one cot 5 minutes very painful stitching but functional next 5 minutes later very painful like setting a bone next and they're all griping about it as a small unit and i think i think erdo dressed them all down and pointed out look you're not bleeding anymore your bone's going to heal shut the fuck up that I, I fucking <laughs> love that that's fantastic
3: me
0: too i to, to add on top of that as well, I definitely think that there are folks among the brass who do not care for Teddy at all. Oh, absolutely. Um, be, d- just be, because I think there are some among the brass who fear that Teddy is too close to their enemy. Because, like, as you mentioned, you took the move that lets you cozy up to the shadow more effectively. Uh, and I, d- I don't think... I think it is a very poorly kept secret that Teddy is someone to go to at times if you want to know more about the shadow. Yeah. Um. And I think there are some among the brass who who respect you and are cognizant of that. And that doesn't particularly bother them. I think there are some who, uh, in a very paranoid way, they they are aware of that and that unsettles them deeply. As it should. Yes. They, they do not think that it's good that you're there. Uh, and so there's definitely some some potential conflict there. <laughs> Love, um, that. And- Love that. And Erdo is clearly on the side of of overlooking that in favor of of your capabilities and your your service. Yep. So I I, I I like that a lot. That works very well. Mm-hmm. Uh So swinging
3: around, is it me now? So okay, cool. it's Dana. Um, yep. mm-hmm. So I have two. One is owes me a debt that they have yet to repay. I could make that work, but it's far less interesting than the other one, which is blank has a secret only I know about. Oh, Um, And I'm actually very open. I don't have anything super planned for this. I don't know if there's anyone that would like... Because one of the things I'll say about the spider, in addition to being a healer, like, their biggest stat is cunning. And so they're very much the, like, I know things, whether it's about the shadow or about other people. So does anyone have, uh, like, a a secret... Yeah, you have your hand raised.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, I don't want this to be, like, the pole around which the squat dynamics revolve, but I feel like this idea fits perfectly. I think Teddy is the one who has figured out where Erdo's armor comes from. Because you treat the wounded and despite your best efforts, sometimes infection sets in. And then you see, oh, that particular scratch on that pauldron. Interesting. And have pieced it together over time that Erdo is wearing the arms and armor... Well, the armor, not the arms, of her dead squad mates. And
3: is that scandalous for some particular... Like, why would that be... Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking about.
2: I think it would be worse if... If you were, like, taking the armor before they were dead.
1: Mm, yeah. I feel like maybe that's the secret. Maybe the secret is...
2: Maybe I supply you with it. I tell you
1: where the good particular armor of the people who might die is... There we go. go. (laughs) Oh, that is a dimension I did not consider. She's very
3: utilitarian. She's like, hey, this person's not going to make it. Uh, Their armor would be better served if we just patch it up, put it somewhere else. And I think Erdo, like, that seems very against her personality to go along with that. But if there's some reason she does, then I think that's fat. That's a secret. Uh, Oh my! I mean,
4: I mean, having. Having mentioned before that, like, Erdo sees Pasak and has some envy for their armor, I could definitely see that being, like, a thing in the back of Erdo's head, like...
1: <laughs> it would be a waste if this was tossed into the scrap.
2: <laughs> oh, man. And especially then Teddy being pretty sure that Pasak is going to die. die. Oh! He's going So if there's, if there's a moment where it's like... It, you know, it's it's that, you know, that
3: sort of, that horrible, like, conspiracy fear of like, oh, if I mark an organ donor card, you know, they're not going to save me or whatever. This is sort yeah. of yeah.
0: <laughs> this, Oh this my is, God. This is
1: that but realer. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that fits perfectly. And I think that kind of like she treats her relationships, Erdo does her best to not get pulled in, but her training and past, and just the baggage that she's carried emotionally being in the watch. Sometimes she rocks up to a recruit who took a spear tip and is just rolling and turning in the throes of the final stages of sepsis. And she takes a knife, like cuts away a few straps, and takes a piece of armor before it's noticed. And I think probably, well, noticed by most people. Um, yeah, <laughs> But
3: uh, And I think what will happen is because, I, if anything, this is the thing. I think Erdo might be ashamed of that. Teddy's like, good thinking. That's very smart. I admire that about you. <laughs> um, yeah, I love yeah. that. <laughs> and I think what will happen at some point is if Teddy is like, oh, you know, is, displays a degree of sentimentality, like we need to protect this person. She's like, well, you didn't say that the last fucking time you needed a piece of armor. <laughs> so
1: like... <laughs> Shit. <gasps> I am
2: <laughs> so excited. Yeah, John, no, that's for this. very good.
0: i <laughs> uh, pencil that in. All right. Um, so this is our last. We're on our last round of questions right now. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, pasa.
4: Yeah. So I'm. I'm not actually sure who would fit best for we,
0: this. We spent some time on this.
4: I know we sure <laughs> did. This is the expanded Fuck yeah, Mary yeah, Kill. Yep, yeah, it is. <laughs> totally is. So uh, I have two that are complete polar opposites. Basically, my clan and Blank's clan were sworn enemies or my clan and Blank's clan have fought side by side against the shadow. I think based on what we've established so far, it doesn't really make sense for any one of your clans to be my sworn enemy. Because like, like, like. Uh, Emma, you, uh, Fee, Fee, and Pasak's clans don't see eye to eye, but they're not sworn enemies. I mean, and, considering we are also
2: related by blood, so right? Also related that. by marriage, rather um, not related by blood. And I mean,
4: with 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 Teddy's clan, um, uh, we haven't gone deeply into this yet, but like, uh, spider silk supply chain, like, we can't be sworn enemies.
2: And I, but you might have fought sp- side by side. Yeah, I yeah. actually I yeah. like that idea best. Okay, yeah, uh,
0: especially since I know. We have we've already alluded to the fact that uh, the the spider wearing clan whose name escapes me Thason Thason, Thason. 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 yes so that the that clan Thason uh, has seen the greatest losses in yeah the, I, uh, I have an I idea know. for that when
3: we come back around
0: to that uh, so well for for this fighting side by side thing uh, I also am aware that uh, your your clan uh, 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 Pasek... Well, I need to make myself a short. Toltho? Yeah, Toltho. Before, Toltho. before we play, I will know all of this. <laughs> but uh, for for your clan, uh, you you guys uh, made some mistakes and failures early on in yes. the conflict, and I wonder if that is part of the reason why uh, I see that, that they they were they were decimated.
3: And oh, actually, fuck. Um, I don't want to get too ahead of this. So I can loop back to this. I've had the yeah. idea that we have horses that are
0: bred to be
3: fearless and so if you're going up against something like the shadow i think we were sort of put on the front of that very early on perhaps even oh. to protect the other clan in this case a uh, clan
2: oh yeah man. lost a lot oh, of, which wow. i think is
3: part of why teddy doesn't like them of like yeah you you are <laughs>
0: A flighty person, you come from a clan that can't protect themselves. So, yeah. Oh. So <laughs> no, that's good. All right. Yeah. All right. Originally, I was going to move into designing the shadow next, but I feel like we need to do clan cut questions. Yeah. I think we've, yeah, uh, yeah. We're steep in, so we're, 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 we're already digging into that. So I, let me double check. I think we're done with our ties that bind questions. I
2: have one more. Well, well okay. I thought we
0: were. Well, you, 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 you were. You got though, a right? two
2: first, so did you. Yeah, but I have one more.
0: <laughs> well, we said we were just going to do four for everyone. I know, so. but, I, I, but,
2: but, but I. Well, it's what an, is it? It's if, an interesting if, one. Yeah, I think it has one I that's mean, interesting. Okay. We we have, if, it, I, if, don't I don't care. Care. He has, let's one hear extra camaraderie. Uh, so here's my suggestion uh, I have communed with Teddy's long dead ancestors.
3: Oh, interesting. Shit. Okay. Yeah. She's gonna be like, cool, yeah. they were well, probably assholes like me. <laughs> what else do you want to know?
2: I think, I think at some point, P was like, all right, what's the deal with this woman? <laughs> yes, yes, yes,
3: yes, 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 yes.
0: <laughs> Oh, actually, he, that's really interesting because then like, you might have uh, some knowledge of, uh, of, of Tatey's past, specifically like, before the shadow. Yes. Uh, from talking to some of those who, who fell because many of her clan dead. Yes. Um, so okay that's interesting that's, that's very why interesting. I wanted to ask alright alright mark it down <laughs> jeez alright clan questions uh, let's move into those alright I will remind everyone now before we start answering all of them outright uh, the first of there are two clan questions for every clan uh, we're only going to answer the ones for the clans that have been mentioned here so far uh, I reserve answering any of those other questions to to myself in case we bring in one of those clans for the, the game itself yes mistress um, thank you uh <laughs> So, uh, you have two questions Uh, the first one you will answer and the second one whoever you have the least camaraderie with answers oh i didn't know how that works
3: okay yes
0: and if for instance there are lots of people at the same level i just want you to pick who answers that question for you okay okay um so all that bearing in mind Let's actually just go in the same order we did character uh, stuff. So let's hear from Nyx, you first. Um, so for Clan Morsh, what hero came from this clan and what were they famous for? All right. Related, I think, to the
1: legend of Arrow, this legendary, razor sharp, supposedly heart seeking, originally arrowhead of a spear tip. I think the hero that came from Erdo's clan and I think this is very strange for the Clanlands, was a legendary assassin, Asha, slayer of tyrants, so called god hunter for bringing low those who sought to set themselves above all other peoples. Basically, I imagine Asha was a Robin Hood esque figure assassin.
0: Okay. This is a reference that. Uh, only a very small portion of our audience will get, so I don't know if I'll include it in the final cut. But the more you describe, like the history for the spear, and it's like you know, it's got all this. It's this heart seeker. Uh, all I can think is that you're slowly building a a lancer from the the, the fate fate <laughs> property, and which no. means you are going to die. No, <laughs> hold
1: it. One chose her moves to be a little more resilient. Two, yeah, not intentional at all. I just like the idea of. Basically, I guess I'll veer briefly into explaining something which I think is also part of our kit. I think being the bearer of Arrow, Mm -hmm. she has a special knife that is only ever to be used once, and that is to slot perfectly into the metal fittings around the end of the spear and cut all of the ties that bind the tip to it and basically let Arrow fly. And it will seek a target? Mm-hmm. Oh. But it, oh, it will only work once.
4: So so what you're saying is she's not a lancer. She's an archer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Oh,
2: That's uh, great because that means she'll have, like, the biggest ult and have most of the story be about her. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I want to ask, uh, uh, who would you like then, uh, either who has your lowest camaraderie uh, with you or or who would you like to select to answer your second question.
1: So I'm actually tied for lowest between Pasak and Fee, and I would like Pasak to answer this next question. All right.
0: The question is: why is this clan's political position unassailable?
1: Oh, okay. Remind me what the clan is. The clan is Morsh, they're tradespeople, and unlike our history the way they trade is often barter and recycling the scraps of usable things that are often forgotten.
4: Right. So, I mean, their political position would be unassailable because everyone needs the traders. Like, uh, you know, supply chain, right? Yeah. Like, uh, the traders are vital for getting, like... Uh, not, not only just being able to get goods to places where they're more needed, uh, all of that, but also just because of the devastation by the shadow, things are just more scarce. So the fact that the Morsh are so adept at reusing, uh, like, you know, retooling, recycling, all of that, they're just absolutely so necessary for survival in a world where we just don't have the same level of resources that we did before. The shadow, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't, you can't call those motherfuckers out. You need them too much. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I love that. That also ties into the fact that, like, a war operation of this scale is is fought and won or lost by logistics.
4: Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: And and the only clan with a, like the the people with the right kinds of experience in that domain are the marsh they're just hands down, they're the only ones who who know. Also, they the, they're the only ones who actually know like, how to get everywhere. It's worth, it's worth thinking of the fact that, like, even for the more uh, nomadic clans, like, they haven't been everywhere. But you know who's been everywhere? The Morsh. And the Morsh know, <laughs> like, all right, at this point,
1: we switch from spider mounts to horse wagons because this terrain is nice and flat. We'll get here
0: uh, two days faster, etc. And all of that just compounds at scale. Yeah, I really like that. All right, so that, that's establishing our clan Morsh. Let's talk then next about Clan Thason. Yes. Uh so your your clan question, your your first one is what ancient transgression do people say this clan committed? Oh,
3: okay. Um so we heard spiders and I've had the idea big big spiders are bad and dangerous and they will very much kill you. So the whole idea and I don't it's one of those things where it's it, May or may not even be true, right? Uh-huh. Um but I've had in my head the ideas that our people at some point made like a deal with a a spider god who's kind of an evil god figure to be like, hey, you know, we're gonna be good with spiders, and we made some sort of pact. I have left it fairly open in my head, but that's yeah. the idea of like the whole reason we're good with spiders is because um we made a we made a deal with a very evil force, which kind of explains like we have a very Spartan-ish culture. I think we're probably Uh, a bit more how to put it not ostracized stigmatized maybe compared to some of the other clans Mm -hmm. like there's definitely Mm -hmm. a little bit of uh abrasiveness there so i think that it makes sense in my head because i am sort of a historical materialist i like the idea that probably we're just good with spiders and the whole story came later but it's it's a magic world, so who knows uh yeah
2: can we call the god that your uh, your clan may or may not have made a deal with uh, the Shadow Weaver, which
3: I might oh, be stealing fuck, yes. from something? Yes, 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 yes. I like that. <laughs> cool.
0: Uh, it, actually, I I love the idea because I I love uh, uh, deities who you are not supposed to call the true name of. Oh yeah, uh, uh-huh. that like Shadow Weaver is the the pseudonym, of course, for this this dark and angry god. Called Adora. the Shadow Weaver,
2: no relation, <laughs> probably.
0: Sorry. There's a character in Shira. That's true. Shadow, Shadow Weaver. Weaver. I had that's to make a I reference. That's where I got it from.
2: That's <laughs> fine. <God>. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll,
0: turn, we'll, we'll turn Shadow Weaver into a dark god. It's fine. <laughs> she
4: would love that. She, yeah, she love would
0: love that. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Uh Okay. Okay, that's really good. I like
3: that a lot. Um, I have two with Erdo, and then one with each of the other of you. I mean, I feel like the answer to this question is obvious, and so I'm going to give it to Pesach, but I want you to, you can flesh it out whenever way you want. The question sure. is, um, what does this clan offer that no other clan can? And I assume the answer is spider silk to a degree, but feel free to oh, run with course. that if you want to.
4: Um, let me think about that for a second. Um, 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 well, I mean, I feel like it goes beyond spider silk, right? Because okay. like, I imagine that a lot of the spiders in the Watch come from the Thason clan, and so it's it's not... It's not I, I wouldn't say that only the Thason clan ha, uh, can, can have the spider playbook, but I think that most of them do. So in addition to, you know, providing spider silk and providing any other spider-related products... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Spider silk and other <laughs> sorry, spider-related products. Spider silk, spider droppings, spider, spider
3: bones, spiders, <laughs> spider venom. value. Oh, no, spider no, venom. no, 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 no wait I'm sorry. It's spider silk and spider silk-related accessories. <laughs> there we go. Yes. <laughs>
2: Oh, but, but spider yeah. Silk. <laughs> I think Bother. spider venom, too, though. Yeah, yeah no, I love to be used for a thing.
4: I love the idea of spider venom being used to like tip weapons and, you know, who knows
1: what else. And maybe some have medicinal properties. Like, yeah. I oh. understand there are a lot of things like arsenic in absolutely minuscule amounts have positive health impacts on humans in our yep. world.
4: Um, but not in their world. In their world, arsenic is. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah. Um, and I think that. Uh, uh, the the best spiders, the best spider playbook characters. Uh, this is I don't know how to say this in a way that's like world centered rather than uh, uh mechanic centered. I, I think, but I maybe think I spider
0: path. The best healers, yeah, the best the
4: best healers, the best healers come from Thacin.
0: Yeah. A- yeah, and something I'll actually ta- tack to that. Uh, because like yes, their clan produces spider silk, but what enables them to do that? Expertise, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, like it's it's. Even more than like expertise and experience, so it's not just that their clan provides the silk; uh, it's that they know the process to make the silk. Like, right? They, they they know what goes into that, and and so their knowledge is instrumental.
4: Right, and with with fewer of the of the Thason folks around yes. these days, with feral spiders out in the wild, like yes. it's not like anyone could just like grab one and be like, all right. Poop out some silk for me, motherfucker. And the you other know, thing I'll it's say... It's a little more with, complicated than that.
3: Start with a bunch of feral spiders running around in the wild. I established this with our rights earlier. If you are a member of the and clan, you're still alive, you know how to kill a spider.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You've done
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that could uh, be fun. Yeah.
2: Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> Thanks, I love it.
0: <laughs> I'm in a love-hate relationship with her. Uh, so... That's good. Those are both good questions. Um, so that brings us then, I believe, Pasak was next. And oh. Pasak, your clan is uh, Craftsfolk and Farmers, the Tulfo. Uh, so then your first question that you answer is, what relic did this clan create and which clan currently holds it?
4: Right. Uh, so, so Dana and I talked about this a little bit, but uh, I love the idea that um, the Toltho clan created an incredible, like complex, ginormous tapestry out of uh, Thesan spider silk ages ago. That was like a collaboration between all of the elders and you know any, anyone who knew how to make anything uh, participated in creating this tapestry. And I think that the Thesan clan probably. Did have it, but I, I I wonder if it might be spicier if in those early days where like a lot of the Thaisen clan was decimated the by shadow the shadow. It it, oh, the shadow has it now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh fuck. What are the implications <laughs> of that?
0: I, oh, I, I, that just that's the most sensible thing, right? Like yeah. the Thacin clan got got decimated, and they had it. So I think the shadow has it now. One one twist that comes to mind.
1: I wonder if, you know, seeing the shadow infiltrate or march on uh, Thason in the final days of Thason's ascendancy, as it were, I wonder if several clansfolk cut the tapestry uh, and committed that transgression so as to hopefully keep the importance and possible Power, be it simply ideological and artistic, or more away from the shadow.
4: Just save. There's some pieces of it that are saved by individuals. Oh
2: yeah, like
3: relics or whatever.
2: Yes. Yeah. I love the idea of perhaps uh, the shadow has it now, but what if another clan gave it to the shadow? In the hopes that it would like appease the shadow. Uh,
0: well, I, or or members of Clan face did. Yeah.
2: Oh, what if what oh. if what if the what if Thason, what if the people in
4: charge couldn't agree what to do with it? And so it was cut into a bajillion pieces, and some people, you know, like sacrificed theirs to the shadow, hoping it would help, and others are holding on to it for cultural reasons.
0: I'm fine with that. I think that's great. That sounds dope. Yeah. Uh because now my gears are starting to turn for how this might factor into the story, potentially, I don't, I'm not making any promises yet, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but I, I like the idea that most of it, most of it even whole, is in the possession of the shadow at this point.
4: Okay, um, sure.
0: And that, so, so there's, there's this thing that can happen uh, in this game where if you roll poorly on resisting the shadow, that you are just taken over and you do its bidding. Uh, you do what the shadow wants you to do then. Uh, and so I like the idea that there were members of clan tolfo who as the shadow came nearer and their spies and stuff gained knowledge of this potentially powerful artifact uh, whether that be just significant or or very literally powerful and some people were like deliver it to the shadow we're going to take it to the shadow yeah
4: i just i just got a fucking fantastic yeah. idea that makes this so thematically awesome um so i think that the tapestry depicts an alliance between Tolso and and Thason in a way that is very like one half is one and one half is the other. And I think that they cut it in half after Tolso failed to like offer adequate support to Thai in those early days when Thason yes. was decimated. Love and and so so the part the side that still has all of the all of the um Thason imagery is the is the one that got cut into pieces that people have. And the uh, side that was the Tolfo imagery is in the possession of the shadow.
0: Oh, I like that's that a good. lot. That's excellent. Love Great. it. Great. Love it. Perfect. Exactly. Classic idea. We got there. Uh, <laughs> I love one of the things I love about PBTA is that it is so heavily encouraged to like ask you know the table and also just people at the table. What do you think about this? <laughs> yeah, uh, like
4: collaboration.
0: If, yes, it's very 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 encouraging of collaboration. It's it's wonderful. So that uh, brings us to Tolfo's second question: Who do you have least camaraderie with?
4: Um, so I think I'm tied between Erdo and Fee. Um, I think I will have Fee answer the question. Okay.
0: So I ask you, Fee, uh, what is unusual about the eyes of those from this clan? Interesting. You've looked deeply into Pasek's eyes. Oh, that's
2: so. true. This Ooh. is true. I think sometimes Toltho clan members, their eyes change colors. I mean, I'm always good for having
4: color-changing eyes for my edgy OC. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Just out of curiosity, does that is there... What what is correlated with that? Like a change in emotion, temperament, just
0: random, fortune, luck. Ooh. Well, that's oh, much luck oh, factors. Oh, ooh, 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 oh, oh, uh, oh, ah, What do you got? Uh, <laughs> tie. Springboarding off of that. Yeah. Uh, you of course have this tie to to the spiritual and to like because of your tie to fox uh, foxes. Who I don't think you mentioned earlier. You you established as part of that religious lore that foxes uh like foxes have very quick reactions to things and the reason uh why from from their their lore and reasoning is that they uh they they can see a little bit into the future they have they have anticipation that is beyond human senses and beyond beyond mere sensation they can they know what's going to happen next and so you have this connection as well to you know reading the future and understanding the future and so i wonder if it is known that that like the, the, the Toltho also have a connection to nature in a way, maybe because they work the land and, and have mm-hmm. such a close tie to it. Uh, and in the same way that like a, uh, you know, a, a seafarer can see the, the sky on the horizon and know that a storm is coming, that there is, there is much that can be read from how a Toltho's eyes appear as it relates to the the conditions in the heavens and on Earth.
2: Oh, interesting. Um, oh, that's so cool. That's very cool. Yeah, I like that. So if you know how to read a Tolfo clan member's eyes, you can learn a lot about the current, like, you can, you can see if it's going to rain. <laughs> Basically,
0: their <laughs> eyes are a farmer's almanac.
2: I love that. That's <laughs> really cool. I like that a lot. I
1: also really love the potential tie-in here to the entire thought of fear that we discussed earlier in yeah. the interpersonal questions because, you know, oh, I wonder if it's going to rain. <laughs> <laughs> for listeners, I just stared into Jell's eyes just all of a sudden. <laughs> so, you know.
4: I, uh, I also love the idea that, like, in a, in a resisting the shadow or being taken by it or something like that, that probably the, uh, the eyes of someone from the Tolto clan would turn
2: black. Yeah, yeah for sure.
0: I mean, I definitely think there's, we'll get to our shadow questions. I definitely oh, yes. think that there's a lot that can come with one's relationship with the shadow in all sorts of fun and interesting ways. We're going to get to those questions. Uh, but that, that satisfies both of our Toltho questions for now. So that brings us finally uh, over to our, uh, our... Malthus. Malthus. Where are they? The rugged mountaineers. There it is. So for clan Malthus, mm-hmm. uh, your your primary question is, why is this clan so reclusive? And how is this different from how they were before?
2: Yeah. Um, okay, so I've talked about how they are very rugged individualists and survivalists. But we've also talked about how in the past they had a tendency to scout out other members from other, other clans to come and join the Malthus clan. So it is kind of interesting because that means they have a little bit of a patchwork of, of different clans within them. And probably every family is a little bit different because of that um at this point, I think that they are rather reclusive. The shadow very much broke down what what amount of organization there was within the Malthus clan to begin with. I think it pretty handily destroyed like most of the spiritual bits of like the, the religious order within it. I think that there are probably still some vixens alive, but they are they are scattered. And what men the Malthus clan has left are like very closely guarded and and kept safe because like you're not gonna be able to to do that otherwise to, to keep the clan going at all otherwise.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like before they they did live in community uh, amongst themselves, at least, mm-hmm. uh, and even had a, some degree of interaction with other communities in order to to get more people and stuff. And then after the advent of the shadow, uh, they many became fractured and scattered. Uh, so like they they lost that community and what community is left. Uh, I know that the second question is like, what, you know, stronghold do they possess in the mountains? So I imagine, like, there is maybe one one last, like, true community of your clan, and it is at that stronghold, and that's where they keep the men, and they don't leave.
2: Yeah. I guess we kind of stole that answer from well somebody who might want to answer it. I, th-
0: I think that's that's part of it, but that's not necessarily the the whole story.
2: Yeah. Uh, I have, for that, I have Erdo and Teddy as my, my two lowest, and I'm going to give it to Teddy to answer because she looked real excited when... Uh, when i mentioned stuff
0: so so yeah the second question is what ancient mountain fortress do they hold
3: okay interesting um and does it have a balrog (laughs) (laughs) oh yes the legendary fortress of delm's heap (laughs) so now does that imply that it's a fortress within a mountain or just a fortress on a mountain or either it's pretty open i i ask
0: for your interpretation at this point you've been asked the question
3: I actually like the idea, if y'all are cool with this, it's kind of bleeding into the designing the shadow. Uh-huh. I half like the idea that one of the things that might stop the shadow is just literally physical barriers. And so that if you have a fortress that is literally inside a mountain, that that offers a degree of protection. Ooh, I like I that. Like that. Um, I don't have a name for said fortress. I can think of something in the interim, or you can come up with something, David, I don't really care. But I like the idea yeah. that it's... um. Okay, yeah, it's a, it's a mountain fortress that is relatively central geographically and is relatively insulated. And I think that it's like almost a central command type of thing where it is like, okay, this is the spot where we can discuss important logistics information and planning. Because we talked about how important logistics is for the war with the yeah. most assurance that we can have that the shadow's influence won't be able to obtain it.
0: Uh, So so what that sounds like to me, actually, I really like that because so now we have like sort of two factions of the Malthos Mm -hmm. Uh, there. There's a portion of them who uh, with the shadow coming, they fractured and and fled and they're scattered all over and they they no longer have like their their community ties.
2: Yeah. And fee was definitely within that.
0: Yeah. That group. Uh, And then you have another subset who fell back to this mountain stronghold. And I actually I like the idea that that's the headquarters of the watch now. Yeah. Uh. And oh. and that is that is the stronghold. Uh, Can I
2: suggest a name? Yes, please. Uh, the foothold, and it's in the foothills.
0: Ah.
3: <laughs> the yes. foothold. And I like it's you know you it's, it's very much your kind of Moria type of deal where it's built into the like carved out. And I actually I like if you're okay with this. I don't think by. I don't think the Muffle clan built it. They don't seem like the type who would build something. So. Of, no. no, but they were, it was sort of, it's like squatters, right? It's like, <laughs> I think maybe, maybe <laughs> like, maybe some, maybe some other clan and it doesn't have, I think it would make sense for it not to be a clan we've mentioned, had like fleed during early on or like maybe in some yeah. type of thing or abandoned it. It was like, all right,
1: this is ours now. <laughs> we're going to take this. I really also like the idea this is almost a situation similar to Switzerland amid World War II where not only is it this masterwork of engineering and architecture and military fortification, but also it guards a very narrow pass and is the only way in and out of a very, very cliff encircled valley has a spring running underneath it. So it's about the perfect thing that could sustain itself through about any siege because it can, to some extent, produce its own food. It can Deal with
0: its own water and waste, and
2: but it's not a huge space. And yeah,
0: like... yeah. I, I, I don't. I definitely don't believe that. Like the last remnants of all the clans live. No, <laughs> I mean, it, it is not big enough. There's not enough for that. But I do think like the command HQ, the foothold, uh, is self sufficient. Makes um, sense. Um, mm-hmm. and Excellent. and it it takes care of itself. Yeah. Um, I I think then that no. Rather than expand on that, I think we'll. We've we've covered enough of that to, yes, for for now, absolutely. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and and I'll hold on to that for later. Uh, obviously, now as we've described it, that's going to make an appearance in the game. So for 100%. sure, um, that'll come up. So there I are think... definitely
2: fox carvings, like gargoyles, oh, yeah. Ooh, like like gargoyles
0: red. outside. Uh huh. Ooh, oh, I love the idea that like it's it's not obvious uh, where it is in the mountains and, like, how you can find your way there is following the fox statues that have been left.
4: Yeah. Oh, that's uh, there's, so there's
0: fun. Like, there's, like, pi- like, you know, piles of stones upon which one is carved. There's a tree that, like, one branch has been carved into one sitting there watching.
2: There are also definitely, like, in the same way that you will have groups of, like, monkeys that have learned to live alongside humans that have basically been tamed or, like sort of feral like cows that run around in certain places where cows are sacred. Uh, there are absolutely foxes that are the children and grandchildren and great grandchildren of foxes that have been fed and tamed by these people, but they're not like domesticated. They're just, they're just tamed. There I'm also happy, might be spiders because
3: spiders like dark places. If there's a
2: Yeah, there's uh, probably yeah. spiders.
0: <laughs> or, or also uh, the, the foxes as we've discussed them so far have this, spiritual connection uh to to the 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 realm spirits to the future in some ways uh and i like the idea that uh with appropriate training and stuff foxes if they they you know bite the hand of i'm imagining sort of like a test for your blood levels if you're diabetic (laughs) uh but but a, a fox can can bite you uh and get a get a sample so to speak uh, and they they can tell if someone is, like, actively touched by the shadow. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. Uh, like, I like that. I think uh, that, that answers all of our clan questions. We've done all our ties that bind. We are on to designing our shadow. This is my favorite part. <laughs> There's a reason why we talked 40 minutes about vampire lore and the Undying setup. <laughs> uh, I love that shit. Um and and we all had a lot of opinions about how how some of that should work. Um, so in in the case of the watch, you know, there are lots of threats, but there is only one shadow. It touches everyone and everything, and it is the real foe that is that is the enemy of this game. So the first question, like, what is it? Uh, and we're supposed to choose two of the following: uh, darkly sorceress subtle and hard to discern reality warping terror inducing or technological
4: can you tell me what page that's on
0: this is on page 134 everyone swing it up um okay actually a quick aside to both the audience and to the players uh, that's something really cool about the watch uh for every move in the book for most sections especially those that ask some questions and stuff uh there is an, an, a paragraph or something immediately after it that explains like what part of this mechanic is important to the game. Uh, Like, so for example, for moves, they have a whole section underneath every move of like how that might be triggered an example of it. And like, you're sort of like what the, the theming behind it is. Uh, And for each of these sections on the shadow, the same way, uh, there's sort of an explanation for why we're asking these questions. And for what it is, we're really, we are establishing the tone of this world
2: I think that were we to go with like subtle and hard to discern and terror inducing, uh, I think that that would lead to a much darker and more intense <laughs> mm-hmm, <Yeah>. mm-hmm <laughs> game where we would like it would be very, very serious all the time. I
0: feel like that game would quickly be a, a little bit like without all the cutesy animations, <laughs> uh, a little bit like uh, well, it was very, very no <laughs> uh, a very very popular game uh it, there's there's imposters Among oh, us Among us, us. Among us. <laughs> it, so but that's what I mean like imagine (laughs) imagine if the shadow is subtle and hard to discern and and, terror terror inducing you're right like it's it's definitely like infiltrating your lines and killing your people I mean it's looking
2: kind of sus (laughs) (laughs) like we've got
4: imposters you know the the shadows influences among us
0: can we not among us (laughs) that's why I say if we if we chose those I think that would skew the tone of that game towards that very quickly
1: I will make one little argument for (laughs) subtle and hard to discern in that given how the shadow is so steeped in toxic gender roles and domination yeah
2: yeah Uh, i really
1: i really like the idea of again maybe not this table darkly sorcerous and subtle and hard to discern where it's kind of that folklore style of magic where there's not necessarily like ah yes in order to cast this use this rune say this chant and more you know arrange these things and will into the world a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the shadow's influence not coming in the form of a volley of arrows, but we go to a village and everyone's brusque with us in a way that doesn't feel right. And well, again, I feel like there's a lot of fun to be had with that. I'm not sure that's best for this table and time and
0: format.
4: Yeah. Uh, another thing is that like, I feel like um, reality warping can include subtle and hard to discern. Yes. I agree. Mm-hmm.
0: Without without being uh, presumptive about it. Right. Um, and uh, terror-inducing, for that yeah. matter. Uh, I, I think... Here, here's the thing. I think all of these might in some way factor into how the shadow behaves. Oh, sure. It's more like selecting, like, what are our... Focuses. If you were to, you were to describe it in two words, you know, like, what are they? Uh, then- two,
2: I really like darkly sorcerous and reality warping.
0: Yeah. I concur with that. Concur, concur.
2: Concur. Consensus.
0: We have consensus. It is darkly sorcerous and reality warping, and I will interpret that in ways. Excellent. I believe Uh, that about you. (laughs) Let's think about what it wants. Uh, So that's the second area. We have six options here. Uh, These are for women to serve with gladness and delight, for men to serve without emotion, to pervert the land and all its creatures, submission without resistance, perfect order and hierarchy, and dissension and disunity among its enemies. Oh, I uh, love the last one. I, I have my preferences here, but I sort of want to go around. Let's just, if, if without any justification yet, uh, I'm going to go to each of you, uh, just point, and I want you to say, uh, uh, what are two that you would choose? I'll start with Dana. You're going to point to someone else because I need to pull up the list. Excellent. I will point to Pasak for, for Gel for for Pasek. Yeah.
4: <laughs> am I am I now Pasak?
0: Well, I'm 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 getting in the habit of calling people by character. Names, that's no, but. that's a good
4: idea. Um, I mean, oh, hold on. I mean, d- d- dissension and disunity among its enemies is by far my favorite. Um, I, um, I think submission without resistance is my second favorite, and that's all I'll say.
0: Okay. Uh, next.
1: This one's very interesting. I. I love Dissension and Disunity as well. Hmm. Really just vibes right now. I'm leaning a bit more towards perfect order and hierarchy. And I think, again, everything's related, but... What are you thinking,
2: Emma? I really like uh, Submission Without Resistance or Perfect Order and Hierarchy. I I feel like those are very similar in some ways dissension and disunity makes a lot of sense. I almost don't want to say that that is what it wants because I feel like that's more of a factor and less of a goal.
1: Well, we'll get
3: back
0: to that. Uh, yeah. I'll I'll go last.
3: Uh, okay, Dana. I'll go How ahead and you? go. I actually really love the first two, which is for women to serve with gladness and delight and for men to serve without emotion. And I actually, I ran this idea by David a little bit. I like that the shadow more than representing hierarchy or or anything like that represents like this very because we have a very queer table so having a very binary like the shadow has a very binary perception mm-hmm. oh, of gender yeah. and its roles and i actually like it, we can talk about how comfortable folks are exploring this i think men in the shadow's mind is assigned male at birth um and yeah. and vice versa and it very much and that's why i actually think that queer people are valued because the shadow has a harder time perceiving and understanding them because they don't fit as much into those binaries. And thus, like, that is part of the reason why, um, you know... And actually, I had this idea for Teddy because she is trans. I like the idea that I think it's very easy to write trans stories where transness is uh, stigmatized or persecuted or whatever. And I think that's all fine and good. But I like the idea of pulling from a lot of, you know, older indigenous cultures and stuff where the idea of being trans is actually seen as spiritual or, or um, special or powerful in some way. And I think that in this case, there's the very real material need, like if you are able to perhaps, if something about you grants you the ability to interact with the shadow in ways that are beneficial, um, perhaps because you, you know, are difficult for it to understand or perceive that that is actually really valuable. So that's my idea.
0: I so I, I I think that no matter what we do with the shadow, I think that those qualities that you've described are embodiments of the shadow for sure. Okay. Um. the The reason why I so first, I'll say that the two that I go most closely to are probably uh to uh, perfect order and hierarchy and uh to pervert the land and all its creatures. Yeah. Although I'm understanding pervert here as dominate. Okay. Um. But the 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 reason my, my only difficulty with the first two uh, for women to serve with gladness and delight and for men to serve with that emotion uh, are that I then would have to do a lot of role play around that. And mm. I think for me, that's like it's a step beyond just being like more difficult. Uh, there was a little bit of that not to this level of depth, but there's a sprinkling of that in some of the characters that I played for Undying. Uh, just just the touch here and there of of some essence of those times that like. Like after we'd recorded that, and like I was going back through the edit, I was like, "Like God, I hate this," <laughs> uh, and just like I'm, I am grossly uncomfortable with how I was, and it wasn't even like it was, it was definitely in like microaggression territory, but like fuck, it's bad. Mm.
1: Uh,
0: and while I, uh, like, I definitely see a validity in having stories where those those messages, there are characters that are like that, so that people can fight against them, so that they can be you know, shown to be bad. Um, I don't know how capable and comfortable I am with actually. Being the met, like being the the vessel through which that fair. is channeled. That is yeah. very fair, one hundred percent fair yeah. and valid. Yeah. Uh, so, so like I, I do think, and I I do love the idea that uh, of what you talked about with like queer and trans folks being being celebrated in this context, like because of of like how how they are different and how their experience of of gender is different, is inherently counter to the the shadows ability to understand them um and that that is beneficial in a way i think that's true regardless i really love that point
1: dana too because it is reality warping shadows reality whenever trans or queer folks step into shadows spaces
0: yeah 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 I, i i like that a lot and i think uh Okay. Ooh. ooh, ooh. Cause like I'd originally been thinking that like one, some of the things that the shadow might be able to lure you with, uh, is like, if, especially if it's reality it's darkly sources and reality warping, you want a perfect transition. You want, you want oh, everything to be just the way that you always wanted your body to be. The shadow can make it so.
3: Oh, okay, that's um, provided. fucking great. That's fucking great. Yeah. Oh, I was gosh. thinking
0: that too earlier. Uh, so, I mean, no, for, for sure, that's been percolating ever since. Like, oh, like, and here's the thing. I'm, I'm putting that out there and, like, with an immediate request for, like, consent of, of that being an okay way to go with that. I'm fine with that. Because, yeah. like, that, I've percolated on that and I'm like, I don't know if that's going to be okay, though. <laughs> like, I think there's really an interesting story in there. But, like, I don't want to make this too hard for people. That's not going to bother me personally. Same. Like, I don't feel like I have a line or a veil around okay. that. I, tr- trust me, I'm going to spend a long time thinking about how the shadow may tempt and, and <laughs> tug on each of you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, so before we digress too far on those lines, uh, we should answer this question about the shadow.
4: Oh, yeah. I, sorry. Just very brief aside on the whole like boundaries thing yeah. um, is that I, I would prefer if. Uh, Pasak's assigned gender at birth doesn't come into play really.
3: Absolutely. Okay, thank you. Yep. <laughs> Actually, that could be kind of no, I, I, fun where the shadow's like, damn it, I can't figure out this person's assigned gender at birth, and therefore I can't figure out how to tempt to them. <laughs> What's yeah. in
2: your pants.
0: <laughs> Vengeance. <laughs> uh, I like that. Although oh, you say that, and the shadow's like, I can work with that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. But that's the thing. Just the way that the shadow would tempt you would have less to um, do with. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so I I will say for me as a as a as a I would say definitely say more veil than line, uh, but I think it it really crosses out numbers one and two as being things that I can effectively That's produce fair. as far as uh, what it wants. Um, so I think that leaves us uh, to pervert the land and all its creatures, submission without resistance, perfect order and hierarchy, and dissension and dis and disunity among its enemies. Um, I will say that I think the last one will be satisfied regardless.
4: Yeah, no, I think I agree um,
0: with that. I, I I definitely see that. As a method, more than a goal, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. ascension among your enemies is like great and all, but like, what does it get you? What does it get you? Mm -hmm. To many, there is satisfaction in the misery of others. Unfortunately,
1: I could see the
2: shadow enjoying (laughs) that. Well, and I do really like your interpretation of perverting the land and all its creatures as I agree dominating over them as
0: well. I just I feel like it ties in so nicely with perfect order and hierarchy because it's like it's like I'm like the shadow will set the world right oh yeah no that's perfect uh and mm, god i just got shivers just saying those words (laughs) (laughs) so i i
1: am so picking up what you're putting down because that brings to mind for me you know climate change how our model of agriculture has actually poisoned the earth oh yeah and and how oh yes i know best Mm -hmm. from the shadow is just so reflective right. of the current moment. Mm-hmm.
0: And there are so, so few more relatable, uh, like, toxic masculine traits than, like, Blank knows best.
2: Oh, uh-huh. like, yes. Which, mm-hmm. I'm excited mm-hmm. with my yeah, character,
3: because if the Shadow approaches, like, hey, we can make the world, like, better, she be like, awesome, as long as I get to decide this, is fantastic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh-huh.
4: Oh, yeah, and I mean, that, that brings in consent and how, like, the, the Shadow is kind of a perversion of consent. Yeah.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. It Its model of consent is a twisted offer a twisted arm
2: and very abusive in oh yes how it like it forces you to consent and then just says that you consented right
1: it's like
3: whether or not yeah it's the you know sort of doing the thing and then you know as you're doing it saying hey is it okay if i do this and then when the other person doesn't respond you take
0: you take (laughs) silences yes (laughs) yeah
2: Yeah, I I, think
0: silence or pained screams. Both are yes to that. I
2: think I think the shadow absolutely takes silence as yes and Mm -hmm. ignores anything that it doesn't want to hear.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, again, just because of time, (laughs) Uh, are are we okay then uh, with to to dominate the land and all its creatures and perfect order and hierarchy? Sure. Uh, I like that. Agreed. So uh, what we've decided is that what it is is darkly sorcerous and reality warping. Uh, and what it wants is to dominate the land and all its creatures and to possess perfect order and hierarchy uh, in the lands. Uh, so let's talk about what it does. Uh, it, can, it can do two of these things primarily. And I, I do think like with all of these, there's like a little bit of everything and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what it does uh, is turns men into weapons, turns women into objects, amplifies the voices of the shadow held. Silences all opposition and crushes autonomy and grinds down the willful. Uh, <laughs> based on what I chose from what it wants, I think probably my my choices here are obvious. Uh, but I would definitely want to hear from everybody. We'll do the same thing as before, just sort of like what you're thinking. Uh, if if you think that that combination requires a little bit of justification, the just the the, sh- the smidgest of it, but otherwise, just list what you're thinking and we'll we'll go from there. Uh, last time we did the order of starting with gel. Uh, i think
4: hello i'm gel crush autonomy and grind down the willful um that's i i don't know i think i think um i i like turns men into weapons also not not even necessarily like uh just men but like just like makes forces people to fight i think in general
0: I I like the idea of understanding as like turns the shadow held into weapons.
4: Yes, exactly. That's that's what I was thinking.
0: Okay. Whoever's uh, uh, next.
1: I uh, I really like one. I was thinking that I love that. Um, I really like amplify the voices the shadow held. I really like that, and I really like turning the shadow touched into objects of war of production of x y z uh how about you emma
2: i think uh with what we talked about as far as what it wants the silencing opposition and crushing autonomy and grinding down the willful both make a lot of sense um i don't know i'm i'm fairly open uh as far as that goes.
0: Uh, Dana, what do you think? Yeah. Um, in terms of picking two,
3: I don't really know. Uh, there's one that definitely speaks to me. I guess other than that maybe silence all oppositions. But the one that speaks to me the most is amplify the voices of the shadow held because this is a very, you know, we're talking about how you know it wants to make a hierarchy or whatever. But for a very material this is my own political beliefs coming through. Um, th- there's a very material need for hierarchy in a situation like this because literally, it's it's a there's a top-down structure. You have we have literal centralization. We've established a central command, and you kind of need that because we've talked about how important logistics is. And if you yeah. are if every and the whole clan, the whole impetus for forming the watch formed from dissolving clan boundaries, from an increase in centralization out of a material necessity to do so even though there were cultural resistances to it and so there is inherently an inescapable amount of hierarchy within the society we've created and the shadow trying to take advantage of that where
1: possible
0: okay so so for you then for what it for what it does uh of of the the five options it provides which which two do you think most closely align? oh sorry that? yeah i guess i, I started and then I, I wandered off but the one that the <laughs> one that aligns
3: the most to me was amplify the voices of the shadow held and then silence okay. all opposition gotcha. i
0: mean those two kind of go hand in hand yeah uh so i i think that uh my my understanding especially from what everyone's talked about uh oh god it's so good Aligning with what we talked about earlier regarding like perfect order and hierarchy and uh, uh, like, like dominating the land and all its creatures, mm-hmm. like trying to make the the world in its image. Uh, I'm imagining there is a process of perfecting people that the shadow does. Uh, and what exactly that looks like and stuff, uh, I think we'll probably deal with in scene um, in the actual game. But like, I, I think that that's a really powerful thing. I mean, for this one, like, God, it does these, does all these things. Like, I think it amplifies the voices of the shadow held, and I think it silences all opposition in advancement of that goal, and I think it crushes autonomy and grinds down the willful. Like, I think these are all elements of the structure we've we've sort of defined for the shadow. Um, I don't. And we're you're to pick in charge. Two. You can yeah. choose
4: more than two. Like, just c- <laughs> defy the rules. Do what you want.
0: And I will say that there are there are swaths of territory that the shadow holds now, and like. So that doesn't mean all the people in those are shadow held. Like there are people who are underneath the shadow's thumb mm. as well. Like I, I want to definitely draw a distinction there um, because I think that ties in closely with the idea of amplifying the voices of the shadow held and silencing all opposition.
4: Oh yeah, um, for sure. Perhaps
0: even literally in some cases. Hmm. Hmm. Um, so let's do our final definition for the shadow. Uh, that is to determine our shadows servants. The options are, uh, men hollowed out into automatons who never eat or sleep, men twisted into unnatural creatures of war, women turned to exemplars of sublime and unsettling beauty, women corrupted into idols and objects of veneration, cogs in a devastating machine of war, and berserkers who fight to the bitter end.
4: Um, so I think, um... Cogs in a devastating machine of war is, is my favorite. Uh, cause, cause you know, I, I mean with what David said about, about perfecting um, I feel like a devastating machine of war, like, you know, these perfect soldiers that are just, you know, like destroying anything in their path that isn't touched by the shadow. Um, and then really following that same one, I kind of like women turned to exemplars of sublime and unsettling beauty. And part of the reason I like that one is is because it it would be a temptation for Pasak, <laughs>
0: absolutely. Uh, I, I think it I would anything yet, but I think
2: it would be a temptation for Fee too, potentially. Having her face oh, all fucked up, sure. Uh,
1: I was also very much thinking women turned into exemplars of sublime and unsettling beauty as well. I love that so much, and. For the second one, fitting them into perfect cogs really uh, did fit so well. Emma.
2: I do like cogs in a devastating machine. I like the idea that that's what the shadow sees the people it holds as, because that gives us some really interesting stuff of like whether or not we also see them that way or whether we try to get them back. I like both of the the women turned to exemplars of sublime and unsettling beauty and women corrupted into idols mm. and objects of veneration. Uh, both of those are really interesting ways of quote-unquote perfecting different people. Um, once again, I really like all of the <laughs> options that they give us. Yeah. I also think that we might be straying away from berserkers who fight to the bitter end because we are afraid of going into uh, <laughs> conflicts. I just feel like that feels like it's it's less leaning towards the
4: like perfecting angle and the hierarchy angle. You- that, but that's just my own thought. But
3: we should also let Dana. Yeah. Well, it's funny because that's what I was actually going to say. That I, I agree that it doesn't fit as well. Um, but I actually do love the combination of men hollowed into automatons who never eat or sleep and berserkers who fight to the bitter. And just because that is really a very exhausting type of foe to fight against is literally just something that will continue to fight and will not require any sustenance. But I, I agree with other people that that doesn't really fit what we're doing. And I think the whole idea of perfection, everything is the, the part of it that is horrifying is not that they're misshapen. You know, creatures born from the pit, but that everyone is like too perfect uh, and that it's yeah. not natural or good or there's there's no room for any degree of not even individuality, but just um, imperfection. That the, the idea is that either you will be made for perfect or you will be crushed. Um yes. And
4: right, you fit into society's ideal or you don't fit into society. Yeah. And the idea yes.
3: is is in half that it's, you know, some folks are turned into that, but also if you can't be, then fine. You're just gonna we'll just cut you up, move on, you know. No worries.
0: Right.
2: I like that a lot.
0: I so okay, here's my take then, based on everything everyone said. Uh I think one that is not true is gonna be men twisted into unnatural creatures of war. That's not this this shadow's way. Um there's a really, really cool story there. Uh and like God, I would love to do some of the description there. Oh uh, yeah, that's very in my wheelhouse for some of the weird shit I like to make. Goes <laughs> <Ghost> lines through. <true. laughs> uh, <okay. laughs> Oops. Uh, but but I don't think that's a good fit here for how we're building the shadow. So we're gonna cross that one off. Um, I think the women turned to exemplars of sublime and unsettling beauty, and women corrupted into idols and objects of veneration. Por qué no los dos?
4: You're right. You're right. Uh, like yeah.
0: why? Like th- that sounds like a very very nice set together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, like, and or like lean a little bit into one, lean a little bit into the other, depending. Well, because, um, like, the
2: idea is perfection, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, worshiping perfection to some yes. extent.
0: I like the idea of the shadow being divided into, into tiers. Uh, at the ground, you have the foot shoulders who are the cogs in a devastating machine of war. Who I actually think that describing them as men hollowed out into automatons who never eat or sleep, um, like, if you are perfect, why do you need to? Um, like the the shadow will sustain you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and even if that's not true, <laughs> uh, like like I think then also berserkers who fight to the better end. I don't know if berserker is probably the right term for it. Um, because like I, I, Berserker sort of implies a lack uh, of control. Yes. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is like exacting perfect control. Zealot? Mm. Uh, zealot is good. Zealot, like, I like Zealot. Like Zealots fighting to the bitter end. I think that's accurate. It's like these, they will stop at nothing unless they are completely obliterated. Oh no, here comes the shadow and its army of simps. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Just on, that on those lines, too, I, assuming direct
1: control.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, not not leaning completely into what you described, uh, Nix, but, but a little bit. Um, I definitely have the idea of this, this middle level uh, that are these powerful sorcerer women uh, that have been also perfected by the shadow. Uh, air quotes, perfected. Um, and then like at the top you have uh, who, who all are subservient to some like, upper crust perfect class of shadow held uh, who are exclusively men. I, I think specifically when a when a shadow held is defeated, uh, at least particularly with the men who are these cogs of war, when you kill one of them, uh, I think their body reverts to how it is, uh, air quotes, unperfected, uh-huh. and I think generally those forms for the longer shadow held are emaciated, oh, because yeah, they uh-huh. they are actually truly undernourished and. I think they do eat and sleep, but it's very, very little. I like that. Mm -hmm. It is, it is like minimal sustenance. All right, we have lingered longer on (laughs) on lots of things uh, in this development. Um, I think is there is there any other last minute considerations as it relates to the shadow?
4: I think we fleshed out a lot. Good on our shadow. It's the patriarchy, baby.
0: Yeah, and imperialism, and capitalism, (laughs) and fascism, and although I will say all those things as they are expressed through Mm -hmm. patriarchal ideals. Absolutely. Um, okay. So that's our shadow. So the reason why I wanted to do that before we get to the opening day's questions, even though they relate to your clans and stuff, is now that we have a better idea about who, like what the shadow is and how it behaves, mm-hmm. I think now we can ask these questions of your clan's involvement in the early days of the shadow's attacks. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So let's get to those. Uh, so the first question I'd like to ask to you, Emma, is your clan is the one that first encountered the shadow. How did you find out about it, and what happened? Why did that encounter leave a wound your clan can never recover from? And which clan blames your clan for everything that happened after?
2: Boy, oh boy. (laughs) We're going to take that in parts. First, that encountered the shadow. Uh, This definitely implies that the shadow was somewhere else and then came, like, over the mountains or...
0: I, in some way, the shadow came to your lands. Yeah. Uh, and I, actually, I'll say that you can decide how that touch was first felt in your clan, but the shadow did not originate with them. It just, they were the first to encounter it as it arrived.
2: I mean, one of the things we've established is this clan's very strong ties to the spirit world, right? So if it were in some way a... A part of the spirit world that has come in and come through because of our tie to the spirit world and maybe the way that we that we connect with it. Uh, I think that that would be pretty interesting. Um, And coming into this world like stronger because of I don't know somebody doing something. Yeah,
1: I have a thought. So the mountain clans have this tradition of rugged individualism. What if a sect of them took it too far and accidentally got notice of the shadow?
2: Interesting. I think uh, as far as uh, what happened and why the encounter left a wound, we'll never recover from. Um, however, the shadow first made itself known Um and maybe that's the part that we'll come to last, Uh, the Malthus clan genuinely tried to take care of it themselves. Yes. At first.
3: Keep it in house.
2: Uh, They didn't tell, they didn't tell anybody else about it, uh, and legitimately nobody else knew what a problem it was until it was such a huge problem that it, couldn't be taken care of very easily at all so as far as uh as leaving a wound our clan can never recover from we lost a lot of people i think we established that teddy's clan lost the most and i think that that still makes sense but we did lose a lot of people
0: and and i think also based on what we talked about earlier your clan fracturing largely to pieces uh and only a subset like having retreated safely uh and yeah. staying together like that is that is a scar that will never
2: I think also uh be the same the religious order the vixens is like pretty much completely destroyed there might be one or two who are still living but most of them are gone
3: I guess something that was interesting to me you mentioned how the foxes were kind of shadow detectors what if that? Oh yeah. What if that's not one hundred percent a good thing? What if that's like somehow they've been touched in a way that has broken that bond that your people have to I don't know. It, feel free to run with that if you want. No,
2: to I that. like that. Especially we have been sacrificing foxes and maybe sacrificing too many.
3: Yeah. Uh,
2: in a like dwarves digging too deep, sort of way. <laughs> dwarves
3: digging too deep, and mm-hmm. it's just a
2: pile of dead foxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness because like i imagine you also you know you know, probably would only be the members of the religious order at least for a time like wearing fox furs and and like fee has fox bones from the ones that the one that she was friends with uh so but like anybody with a decent amount of like money or resources or anything else like that like, probably would also like to have a fox fur, Um, especially if we're very individualist people. Like, how much are you really going to care what the religious order says if you're only, like, semi-exposed to it? Um, If if it is really more about relying on yourself. So I could see sort of a breakdown of those... Those traditions, to begin with, leading to more killing of foxes, which led to the shadow taking a stronger hold in the mountains in the Malthus clan.
0: I like to think that perhaps uh, on a, in a grander scale, the, the fox kind, the, the, the spirits of foxes, uh, had this symbiotic relationship with your clan. And as that symbiotic relationship broke down, they stopped protecting your lands from spiritual assault. I think that makes and, sense. And in that lack of protection uh, that was fostered by your breaking of your connection, you know, that, that natural balance, in that you welcomed in unwanted spiritual attention.
2: You mm-hmm. fucked up the natural balance and now the shadow is here to restore it in its own
0: image and <laughs> its own image restore.
2: uh so as far as uh what clan blames our clan for everything that happened after uh i feel like probably the um the face clan would be the most pissed um though toltho and morsh i could also see i feel like everybody's pretty pissed at the <laughs> i mean this.
0: the the answer could sort of be everyone yeah like like i think maybe you all are still blamed that's why in in your finding and, and taking of this of the foothold the the mountain uh fortress that that was just like not even really asked for but assumed that you would provide as your contribution to the watch considering you so botched
3: yeah the, yeah
0: the early There's days. also something
3: to be said in like, oh, we should probably take over the strategic point so we have something to offer so that everyone doesn't just completely hate us for doing this. Uh-huh. Aww. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, so, I, yeah, that's that's very good. Thank you for for explaining that, Emma. You're very welcome. Uh, so, I think as a direct follow-up to that, Gel, after the first attack by the Shadow, so this is really moving past once it became known beyond just the Malthus clan, after the first attack by the shadow, your clan was to play a vital role in the early response. What was your clan supposed to do, and why were they not able to do that? What do you wish you could have done differently?
4: Okay, so I've I've done some thinking about this and I I I love it and I feel emotional about it. Um so so the Tolso are craftsfolk and farmers. So of course we're making food, we're sending food where it needs to be. That's no big deal. We've done that for centuries, whatever. I don't know how old this world is, but whatever a long time. Yeah, long long time. Um, but we're we're all crafts folk as well. And with a new enemy to fight, um, I think that every artist in the clan redirected their efforts to making things like armor and weapons. And um I think that a lot of people who were very inexperienced rushed trying to make things to so that people could you know get armored up and and kitted out and get out into the field and fight and i think that they did not do a very good job i think that it was a combination of inexperience uh just like rushing and so just collectively it was an absolute disaster Uh, That resulted in poor quality armor and weapons being used on the front lines, resulting in far more death and, uh, you know, people being overtaken by the shadow. And I think that (laughs) there's a lot of self-blame and a lot of, you know, other other clans blaming the Toltho for making crappy equipment. And I mean, you know, to some degree, a lot of them believe it's not entirely their fault, but like a lot of it is like if we had just not rushed, if we had paid more attention to teaching people how to do it right, if we had more closely inspected the metal, there's so much we could have done that would have saved lives. And I think that Pesach specifically, um, was a, I think I mentioned before, like worked with fiber and textiles before, and then transitioned to working with uh, metal and and being, you know, basically a smith, creating mostly weapons. And they feel personally responsible for some of the people who died because their weapons were not good enough. And um, in the days since the early days, like they've really committed themselves to the craft of making an excellent sword so that maybe it's one more good sword is one less, you know, person corrupted by the shadow, one more person who can fight back without falling. And, um, and I think David, what did you say earlier that like, basically at this point in, um, the story, it's more necessary to have more bodies at the front than to have Pasak actively making weapons. So that's why they ended up in the watch.
0: I I think the conflict has gone on long enough now that, and, and like the losses have been felt so strongly from those early days of like, I mean, as as it's described in the book, like men in this world were often used in the warrior class of of people. And right. so many of them have been peeled off to the shadow's influence. And so I think just the, the overwhelming need, even as things have sort of started to stabilize uh, and like as retaking is starting to become more of an option, it's still like but we need we need people. <laughs> we right. cannot do it without more people. And so now I think they're like, well we have enough weapons or at least we've we've mastered our supply chain right. for this now. Now we need more bodies. We need more people to help us. Yeah. Directly.
4: And I think along those lines I think Pesak is never satisfied with anything that they make, at least not with it when it comes to metalwork because like there's always something that could be improved. There's always a blade that could be just a little bit more sharp, you know.
0: Okay. Uh, I want to I want to springboard off that to uh, Dana. So we've talked earlier uh, about how your your clan suffered the deepest losses. So this question is: uh, with only a few dozen survivors of the initial disaster, what clan do you blame for your losses? Whose absence gnaws at you like a festering wound? And where did you bury them?
3: Yes. So, so the Toltho clan and the Thayan clan had, you know, a a a bond of sorts and if this hasn't become apparent the thasian clan very much values strength um again very very sort of as people think of like spartan society very spartan in that regard um and uh during the early efforts of the war, I think we've also established, right, that the Tolfos clan is not necessarily a group of fighters, right? No.
4: Yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> they are lovers, yeah. not fighters.
3: <laughs> Literally, again, everyone in our clan who is alive has killed several spiders pr- with their yep. bare hands at some yeah. point. Um, and also, like I said, our horses are, are bred to, to be very fearless. And so, in addition, to, you know, to them kind of providing us weapons and things like that, there was a moment when things broke bad where there was kind of a line of are we going to stand and protect the Tolfos clan so they can you know maybe retreat as necessary or are we going to you know secure our own borders and protect ourselves and the leader of the Thasen clan at the time was uh, an ind- a, a man an individual who uncharacteristic of a lot of leaders was actually a bit of a more um gentler kinder person to a degree um And they made the decision that we're going to protect these people. And, you know, it went as bad, maybe even worse than they were expecting, in part because the weapons the people they were protecting provided them were not of a high enough quality to do so. And Teddy, um, Teddy resents the... The Tolfos clan for that. The person she resents more is actually... The the leader died, which we'll get to in a second. She resents him more because he did the thing which in her mind you should never do, which is protect the weak. Or protect the people who are too weak to contribute. Oh, Um, interesting. Yeah. Um, She blames uh, the fact that there's only a few dozen of them left on on the clan, but also on her clan's leadership for deciding that that was the best course of action. Because in her mind, like... It's not, from a pragmatic perspective, she recognizes the utility of the Tulfos clan. She's not uh, quite so bitter to that point. And actually, I think that probably that's where the blade on her arm comes from, is from some of their craftsmen. And I think part of her hates that, which is partly why she's probably tried to get better at maintaining it herself, so as to not have Uh to rely on them. Mm -hmm. Um, And she does not think that you should she's a healer but they're good at healers because it's like okay you should be able to maintain your equipment essentially you should be able to if someone is effective then you should be able to keep them in that shape but if someone's fundamentally not effective then you shouldn't bother with them um and then in terms of who she buried this is actually fun because i have subverted this a little bit and I'm, I'm fairly happy of how this turned out so after the clan's leader died he had two children an older daughter that was one of the few people teddy was close to i don't have a name we can david can think about this it's not super important to me right now um and then a, a younger son uh, a little bit little bit younger and the son because of the way the system works i think there's still a patriarchal degree to this and their society was supposed to become the leader and he wasn't necessarily like a fundamentally terrible person but he was proud and a little arrogant and just not suited for the role. Like he just was not the most capable person. And she knew that the older sister was. And so what she did was she got the son to go on like a scouting mission with her and she killed him. Um, And she basically, you know, when she came back, she explained to the rest of the clan, like, Oh, he got taken by the shadow. He tried to attack me. I had to kill him. And I think, I don't know how much everyone even believes that to one extent or another, but what ended up happening was the the older sister became the leader and she knows Teddy well enough to know what Teddy did. And she's hurt not just because, um, it's, she, you know, Teddy killed her brother, it's but it's even more so that she did that without ever consulting anybody else or considering any other option. Um, yeah. And also as a, as a side note, um, Teddy's preferred method of killing the guy would have been to poison him, but this was a time when spider venom was scarce, so she got him out in the isolation and then attacked him, and he was a strong enough guy, that's where she lost her right arm.
2: Gotcha. Um,
3: oh, wow. Was he... Ooh, yes. Boy. So So, that's the basics of that.
2: Literally gnawing at you, literally a reminder.
3: I was telling David this, because when I described him to this, he you know, initially he was like, that doesn't really... Why would that gnaw at her? Which is where I came up with the idea of the sister. And so... um. She does not feel bad necessarily about killing him in any sort of like sentimental way. What she does feel that broke and cost her the probably one relationship, a connection that she has to any other person. And so in her mind, at where she's kind of at starting this is like, that has to have been the right choice because if it wasn't, then I fucked that up for no reason. Um, yeah. and so she's very, yeah. So it's kind of, she's <laughs> Teddy is the part of me where it is like, I tend to think that I know what's best in a circumstance because often I do, but occasionally I don't. And also mm-hmm. occasionally for some people, apparently just being right isn't the point weirdly enough. Um, and so, uh, so there's some of that and there's also, uh, yeah, I, I just think that sort of, like, she very much, even more so than her clan, which already does to a great extent, values, like, strength and competence, and if you have those qualities, you are worth protecting, and if you don't, then, you know, you can... You She's not going to go necessarily out of her way to kill you, but if you prove to be an obstacle or a liability, she's not going to bother to help.
4: Yeah. I also... I really love how, like, the losing your arm in that confrontation. Uh, I like the way that ties in specifically because like your clan feels betrayed by uh, Toltho, but you have Toltho machinery on your arm and you lost your arm in an act of betrayal.
3: Yes. Yep. And I guess another little side note I'll give is that um, this is kind of a fun bit in talking about, you know, issues of, being disabled or whatnot. In Teddy's mind, you know, that having, you know, an ability to still use that arm in a useful way is very important because she needs to be as useful as possible to justify her own existence to herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. another thing I will say about the arm, is just a fun little side detail. It does actually have, um most of the time it's just the retractable blade, but I, she has like a doctor's bag and in one of the things in the doctor's bag is different attachments for it, like a bone saw or a scalpel or something to sew things Love up. So she, yes. Nice.
2: Hell so, yeah. So yeah. I like that a lot.
0: Me too. Yeah. I, I was just thinking, if we just want to amp up the cool factor of that a little bit, the attachment itself could, like, like a pen with multiple colors in it. Like oh, I love that. Like a Swiss army uh, knife type of deal? It, yes. It could, It could like, you could, like, you know, like and that's, like, that also really shows the craftsmanship. Like, how, like, yes. even as you're able to, like, maintain it somewhat now and, like, trying to take care of that yourself, it's still, like, made by people who've spent their entire life mastering I'm these techniques. I'm fine with that.
3: I didn't want to make it too overpowered, but I, especially if it makes the clan that she hates look better, I think.
4: Oh, that's fun! Yeah,
0: I I think this is like a a real, a real little masterwork of some someone from the Dolthos clan.
4: Someone who who knew what they were doing before. And I, I
3: will say, I think on some level she begrudging, whoever that is, she begrudgingly respects them. But Uh it's like the you're the you're the token. You're you're one of the good ones, quote unquote. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. I'm and imagining... to be clear, she does not think Pisak is one of the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> and I will say that her right hand was her dominant hand. Uh, she has gotten better in the you know 12 months or so since to using her, her non-dominant hand just out of utility. Yeah. Uh,
0: so I want to step over now t- for our final uh, opening day's question. And I actually think... We've, done so, we've spent so much time dithering and doing world building elsewhere along the way that I think once we've finished, once we've answered this last question, I think we will be ready to run the game. All right. I think, I think we'll have done all the establishing we're going to do. excellent. Uh, so, I would hope so, yes. I would hope so. <laughs> uh, so, so Nyx. Yes. Uh, your clan was the only one that voted against dissolving the clans. Why did the rest of the clans vote against you, and why did you go along with them anyways?
1: For Clan Morsch, the real motivation was steeped in their philosophy of reuse, picking up the pieces, finding the next life in something supposedly at its end. And I think originally the Morsch elders' fear, which I imagine the leaders of the clan were essentially the head tradesfolk of the routes within other clans. So, I I like that detail. I think the original thought was, listen, if we dissolve, we don't know what we're going to make. And if we try to pause, reform ourselves in whole cloth to something new, we're not going to make it. And more sh- dithering on this definitely cost lives and days and land and materials and i think they finally came around to recognize hey you know some things end some things change but the castoffs of a meal finished form the soil for a new harvest and so we seeing ourselves as the connective roots between the clans absolutely cannot stand alone and so they went along anyway that's kind of my image it feels less dramatic
0: but it feels right no matter what i feel like the the most clear answer to the second half of this question is going to be like necessity right cuz like man at the end of the day <laughs> Uh, if, if if we don't get together with our, our other like-minded folks, uh, we are alone out here against this mighty, mighty force.
1: I also wonder if there's a, a smidge of elitism in there of, well, shit, you know, the ore ain't going to get to the forges, the forges ain't going to get to the craftspeople, the food ain't going to get to everyone.
2: We need them and they need us.
1: Yeah, like... I don't think it was so much condescension like your baby and we must take care of you <laughs> as it was. We've always done this and it hurts this change,
0: but we gotta. And I think that's very Erdo as well. I, I think I'm going to tack on one more thing for why the clan itself uh, was more. I think I think what you've professed so far is like what what was the 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 above-board chatter in the streets. But I think behind closed doors, or, or you know, h- however they live, you know, maybe they don't have doors. I don't I don't. Mm-hmm. Know. But I'm not making any assumptions there. But there was the concern that if there was no divisions between the clans, what role do they have? Mm. Because they're, they're the joiner, right? The they're, tissue, they're the connective the tissue. Sinew. Well, what if there's no divisions?
2: If there's no tree, what do the roots do?
0: Yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I think I think there was some concern having an identity as being this uniter of distinct parts. Um, and then if there's no distinct parts, what's your role? What's your job? A, a fun idea comes to me of Morsh
1: politics being split somewhat along the lines of the roles within the clan. With Erdo, she always was... One of the makers, one of the people who would take it, who would help decide like, "Oh, that piece of scrap is good, ooh, this is good." And that vase will be excellent for storing these um, and making something new out of that. Whereas also a huge part of the clan is the expertise in moving things, and then another huge part is the expertise in planning. And so I feel like there were within the clan divisions along those lines where maybe Erdo was more typical of the Maker sect, and the Movers may have been concerned, and the Planners been against it, not feeling confident that they could reorganize
0: effectively in time. Okay. So, at this point, we have a a dense interconnected web of Clan politics... Of Love it. of character relationships, mm-hmm. uh, of different desires and different attitudes as it relates to to the shadow and its aims uh, among each of the different players, among, among the characters at least. Um, I'm really excited about this game. Me going. too. I'm fucking excited. Yeah, this game is. I'm so
4: hyped.